Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride. Along with Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, and Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Frangie. We embark on a Tuesday installment of the program brought to you by our friends at the Nimnick family of dealerships. We certainly appreciate Nimnick Chevrolet. Uh, located on Cassett Avenue since 1941, Nimnick Buick GMC, wonderful car dealership, located on Phillips Highway. You want to buy a car? I've been doing it since 1982. I've been buying cars from Nimnick. That's a true story. First car I ever bought was in 1982, and I've been doing it ever since. So you want someone you can trust? I promise you, the folks you can trust are at the Nimnick family of dealership. All right, a lot to get to. Beautiful day out there today. Getting closer and closer to a Super Bowl. Uh, getting closer and closer to the Players Championship right around the corner. That's right. Won't getting, be long. Oh my goodness, it's right around the corner. Can't getting, wait to be out. There. I can't either. Getting closer and closer to pitchers and pitchers and catchers, Gib. You realize that? Next week. Next week we're one week. Next eight Thursday day. for the Braves. Eight days from pitchers and catchers, Brooks. In case you want to know, eight days. And next week is more baseball. Yes. Next week we will be live. I can't wait. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Three of the five days next week we will be live at the uh, Walk Off Charities Baseball Classic, the way kickoff high school baseball. We'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Wednesday will be at the Island Wings, and uh, and Thursday will be at the Car Show, which we're excited about that. So we'll be on the road all week next week. By the way, I think Tuesday, Tuesday at 4 o'clock, here's what I want to do. So we'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, right? Tuesday at 4 o'clock, Providence plays in our game. If I, want, I don't know if Brooks Hicken's pitching these days, but if Brooks Hicken is pitching – I'm going to wrangle in Dan to come to the show and do play-by-play. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Wouldn't that be fun? I bet he would be pitching. Well, wait, 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 I, I, if he's, I know he's a pitcher. I don't know if he's pitching Tuesday. But if he throws it in, you gotta, i got to bring Dan out there to come on the Frangie show and do play-by-play for an inning. Don't we have to do that? That'd be spectacular. Wouldn't that be awesome? Dan Hicken doing play-by-play of Brooks Hicken? So I'm, 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 that's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm, I may call Tommy Boss right now. Yeah, tell, a, tell Tommy to make the call. Tommy's <laughs> a buddy of mine. He's the head coach at Providence. Tommy, we need, we need Brooks to, to, be the, to start the game. And I'm gonna get down. I'm gonna ring, and I'll just tell Hicken you're doing this. Okay, just get, come out of the stands. Uh, your beautiful wife Reagan. You can go back after the innings over. Mm-hmm. Or you come sit with us and do play by play. We've good. probably never had anything on the station quite like that. That would be fantastic. That, that was, would be. That, I'm I, trying to think how often I, I. I remember Larry Fitzgerald's dad was a print journalist, right? right that's right. And covered Larry Fitzgerald in the Super Bowl. Okay, that's and pretty was, cool. Yeah, and, and and wasn't there a, wasn't there like a play-by-play guy that did his son's NCAA tournament game or something, or am I off on that? I thought it happened yeah, just something. a year or two ago. Or, or maybe it was that – I don't remember. Maybe he wasn't doing the game. It was the but coach whose son made the – when they played here in Jacksonville, the NCAA tournament, the Georgia State coach. R.J. Son, Hunter and Ron Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. That's right, Gibby. I don't remember the broadcaster. Huh, maybe. Then maybe I may just not be I remembering could be, it. So. Yeah, off but yeah, on that's that. That's what we're going to do. It just came to me. So Dan Hickey going play-by-play. While Brooks Hicken pitches, and uh, and 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 but the better thing would do it when he's hitting, because in between play by play, Hicken would go, stand up, closer to the plate, okay, <laughs> back up. How do you take that pitch? So, and you'll uh, be right behind the plate, right? Right, right, right behind yeah. the list, like we always are. So that's we're, right. We're excited. We're certainly excited about that. So that starts on Monday. All kind, really good baseball too. A lot of uh, private school teams, public school teams, a lot of Duval County teams. Uh, uh, so we're very excited. We're really excited about this. It was a fun week uh, to have uh, to kick off. It looks like it's going to be good weather. We've been out there for all kind of weather now. We've had really cold weather. Last year it was pretty cold when we started. But it looks like it's going to be really nice. So we'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Friday at the tournament. 
Wednesday at Island Wings, and then on uh, Thursday we'll be at the auto show for the first time. Look forward to that. The place is going to be packed, we're told. So, Does we're, Inglewood get a special spot in the tournament? They, they kind of open the tournament each year. Yeah. Okay? You're not supposed to notice that. But if okay, you do sorry. Okay, so if it, yeah, <laughs> Inglewood does sort of open the tournament every year. I don't know how that happened. They um, named you a legend. Yeah, they, therefore, yeah, they yeah, get yeah, the, the, the top the, spot. Some things are going to happen in that tournament, and Inglewood playing in that opener kind of tends to I don't know why. Hey, it tends to happen. Okay? It's just you know one yeah. of those things. Yeah, in the, uh, in, and so it's one of those things. So Inglewood does play in the opening game. And Inglewood pretty much is in it every year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so there, Saw so, Coach Gagger this morning. Yeah, he's a good man. He's one of one of genuinely good people. Oh, maybe thank you uh, to the listener on the text line. I think it might have been Kirk Herbstreet broadcasting his son's game. Is that what it was? Could be. Something Could like be. that. His son goes to Clemson, right? Yeah. yeah. Plays for Clemson. Okay. So thank you. Okay. I appreciate so, that. So, so that may be that, what that, I was that, thinking. That could be what it was. Yeah. All, right. all right. A lot of things to get to today. We'll talk a little, obviously, uh, all kind of fun stuff with regard to uh, – uh, the spring sports and all of those stuff's coming. Uh, Christian Kirk was on Kay Adams' uh, podcast. Did you see that? I did. And it, it was very interesting. He was very – he said, I, I don't think I get the right respect. You know, usually when guys say I don't get enough respect, it's an angry, militant way. I, I loved what he said. I thought it was very matter-of-fact. I think he said it. He said, listen, he said – and, and it brought to light something. Um, they hear it too. You don't think he heard people saying he was overpaid? Some of us never thought it was overpaid, but some people did think he was overpaid, and no one's saying that anymore. So uh, uh, I, I, I like the Jags in the media and the Jags talking, and it's a Jaguar receiver, not a Patriots receiver, a Steelers receiver, or a Packers receiver that was on with Kay. It was a Jaguar guy. You know, I, 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 like, I think that's cool stuff. I, I like stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, earlier this season, Trevor Lawrence said he remembered everything that people were saying about him, and, and he retweeted the tweet about, Christian Kirk being on with Kay Adams. And so I think they have each other's backs in this. And yeah, they understand that right now it's it's still the Jaguars looking up at these bigger, better teams in the AFC, but they are bound and determined to to win next season and to earn their respect. Yeah, so we're going to start the show with that, talk a little Jaguar football. Is Jalen Hurts the new thing in quarterbacking? That's my question. Is Jalen Hurts the new thing in quarterbacking? What is he really, 5'11"? What do they even list him at? He's, I think he's taller than that. Is he, is he, yeah, taller? Is he really so. taller than that? They got to list him six one maybe. We could pull he's up. He's listed his at six one two twenty three. They list him as six one. I'm going to say he's not six one. So, but, but the team, NFL doesn't normally fudge that yeah, much yeah, because yeah. the combine is so specific. Correct. The combine says he was six one two twenty two. Okay, so maybe so maybe, but the, okay, so maybe a six. He was one. probably six three at Alabama. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> you know, but, but that's <laughs> in six four and a half as a four star. You right. know, recruit. So the uh, I, I, I've told Leon Thursday the story. My one of my favorite stories when I was covering high schools. I, you guys, I've told the story enough times. I did a story in 1985 about what an official visit's like, and I actually went on one as a sports writer, at, at FSU. And Brad Johnson, the the quarterback, was on it. Leon Searcy, Leon was there, and a lot of big name players. And you you went through the academic stuff, and then they went out at night, and then they went to Bowden's house on Saturday night. And I got to do all that because I wanted to write a story about it. And I'll never forget. There's this recruit named Claude Jones, and Leon remembers him big time, big time. Probably one of the top prospects in the state of Florida, one of the top five in the country. Offensive lineman from Miami, Claude Jones, 6'4", 275. And he was athletic. He could almost be a tight end. He was such a good athlete. Well, they measured him. Dave Van Hallinger was the strength coach at FSU. They measure him when you come into your official visit. 6'1 and a half. Because Claude got you at 6'1 and a half. Claude goes, I'm 6'4". Dave goes, well, I'm measuring right here, 6'1 and a half. <laughs> he was pissed the rest of the visit, went back, and committed to Miami that week. That, wow. that really happened. That really happened. So he was so mad. That they they measured him at, and I think Miami listed him at six three or six four. But so I mean, I was I was standing there, standing there when they measured him, and I remember thinking, "I'll be a son of a gun." 
Isn't that something? I'm sure you were taller than him. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm about 6'3", maybe 6'2 and a half now. <laughs> Older guy's Frank. But, yeah, I'm a hair under 6'3". Uh, you know, I was probably – yeah, I probably was. I, I didn't really do that, stand up see if I was taller than him or not. But I know they measured him at 6'1 and a half. And I and I they measured him at six one and a half. I think that would be a cool story to do yeah. now with the whole NIL world the, to do another recruiting official visit story. But you know they measured me at a little over six two, and I'm and I always thought I was six three. You know, so they measured me at a little bit over Shoes. six two. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but but it was cool. It was cool. What he was mad. Who was he mad about? Our, our text line is is so phenomenal because now this <laughs> is the one that that it that it was. Okay, and so it was. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Brad from the beaches. It was Joe Tessitore, and he was calling his son's game, Boston right. College against Clemson, and uh, and and you know got obviously very excited. Right, right. He was. A that's kid what I. That's, right. I that's the one that, that. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to think of. That was a very good. By the way, also um, my friend Glenn Cohen texted me. He also said Bill Walton did a Luke Walton game, which I believe oh, happened. Yeah, that, that, makes that, sense. that makes sense. Sure, so yeah. Thank you, Glenn, for that. So yeah, so so it doesn't happen all that but often, but it has happened. A few so years, it yeah. would be pretty yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. So, but yeah, so thank to you to have Hicken calling. And I'm, Hicken. I'm, I'm, we're doing it. We're doing. It. I'm, you know he's playing, whether he pitches or not. So Hicken's on notice. He's coming to do play by play of Brooks's game. That's next Tuesday. It's a week from today. So, so, so I think yes, yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday's the day that. Uh, Providence plays the four o'clock game. So there you go. All right, a lot of things to talk about. Let's start with Christian Kirk. Let's start with some Jaguar talk. Got a lot to do. Got a Duval County uh, Scholar Athlete coming by. A lot going on on a Tuesday. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Frank Frangie Hayes, Carlion, Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson with you as we embark on a Tuesday installment uh, brought to you by Nimnik. Thanks for joining us on the program. Our Duval County Scholar Athlete stops by in about uh, 20 minutes or so. We always enjoy that. In the meantime, let's talk some Jaguars football. Kay Adams was the longtime host of Good Morning Football on NFL Network. She left that gig. I think there was a contract thing, uh, I suppose. I don't really know. But she started her own podcast up in Adams. Um, and it's just a podcast, right? Hey, it's not on any, any network of – there's no distribution point. It's like point. FanDuel. It's FanDuel TV. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so it is on so – okay, so it is on a TV network of sorts, and uh, a streaming one, FanDuel uh, TV. But she hosts that every morning. And she has various uh, guests from the world of sports and football. And uh, recently she had on Christian Kirk. Now, you might remember when Christian Kirk got the big salary from the Jaguars, so many people said he, they were, he was overpaid. I don't think any of us did. I, I loved the money. I didn't care about it. I, he, was my, he would have been my number one target in free agency. He appeared to be their number one target. And, well, you know how well it went. Uh, big year, career year, huge numbers. Uh, Kay Adams was on with – or Christian Kirk was on with Kay Adams and talked about the the lack of respect he got at that point and moving forward. I still feel like I don't get the respect that I deserve. And it's kind of been that way. And, you know, with all the noise and after I signed my deal this offseason, it was, you know, it was the loudest. And then now, you know, especially with the season that I had, you know, started getting real quiet and everybody kind of, you know, kind of hushed a little bit. But I just, uh, I want my respect. You know, I feel like I'm one of the, the best receivers in the NFL. And, that's the way I play. That's the chip that I carry on my shoulder, and um, I'm, I'm going to keep earning it. Christian Kirk, this year for the Jaguars, 84 catches, 1,108 yards, eight touchdowns, a superb year on a team that was a superb team in the second half of the season, one of the best teams in the NFL from about game 10 on. Uh, it, it, it eclipsed 1,000 yards for the first time. But it's not like he was some hamburger before that. 77 for 982 a year ago, 48 for 621 before that. 
He's always caught a lot of passes in the league. But, Hayes, this was his career year. I think you and I talked, the three of us talked about what we thought the numbers could be. And I think we all thought there was a pretty good chance he was going over 1,000 yards. I don't know if I expected 1,184 catches. But didn't we all kind of feel like he was headed for a 1,000-yard season? I know I did. Yeah, because we knew he was going to get get a high volume of targets, and, and that's what happened. And when you get targeted 133 times, good things are going to happen. And and they did. And and the thing with about Christian Kirk, he still has a lot of upside, and this is why. Christian Kirk played in Arizona with a quarterback who doesn't watch film. We know that because his team put it in his contract in Kyler Murray that he had to watch so much film outside of the facility. Right. You don't put that in unless your quarterback doesn't do it. Then he comes to Jacksonville, and for the first half of this season, he's playing with a quarterback that in many ways is trying to figure things out, trying to figure out Doug Peterson's system, trying to figure out what defenses are doing to him, uh, working through some struggles, uh, frankly. And I'm really excited to see what Christian Kirk can do in 2023 because I don't think Calvin Ridley shows up and takes the number one spot from Christian Kirk, uh, but he does make it easier on Christian Kirk, I think, in terms of the coverages that he might see. And he's going to have primo Trevor Lawrence start to finish if Trevor's healthy. I think this 1,100 yards is just getting going for Christian Kirk. I think next year he was 14th in receiving yards this year. I think he's in the top 10 next year. Yeah, I think that's a, a good proclamation. He had at least two games off the top of my head that I can think of where he suffered from multiple drops. Obviously, the most recent being the divisional game against the Chiefs, but I know that at least one before that. If he can catch everything that comes his way, kind of like Marvin Jones does, although he's targeted fewer times, then, yeah, I think we are talking about one of the better receivers in the league. Yeah, 133 targets, you're going to drop some passes. That, I, I, I don't, Jerry Rice gets 133 targets, he's going to drop a pass or two. The worst game was the Philadelphia game in the awful cold rain. He just, never, he just didn't adjust very well to the weather that day. He, he would tell you that. It was a, he was dropping balls left and right. Other than that, I remember obviously the one big drop against Kansas City, but he, but yeah, I, I he think, had two big ones in Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, that, it was it was the two games in Arrowhead right. and the Philadelphia game. Right, the, that's right, that's right. But I will tell you, um, you made a great point too. If Calvin Ridley is what we expect and hope that he will be, and Zay Jones continues to be what he was last year, with apologies to Marvin Jones who who who's, who, who was fine, if that's your three. Do they, Marvin Jones is probably not back, right? Not back. Okay. So, so if that's your three, somebody's got to be the fourth. I'd love Agnew to still be on the team, but if you're and again, we can't take this for granted. It's it's easy to when things went the way they did so well as, as well as they did this year, but they were a remarkably healthy team, remarkably healthy, and there's no guarantee that it's going to be that way again. I mean, that was a really really healthy team, but if Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk are together what we think they can be or at their best and are healthy and Trevor's healthy, this team could be could lead the league at passing. Uh, it could lead the AFC in passing. A league, a, a conference has got all kind of great passers. You, wait a minute. Did Franji just say they're going to lead the conference in passing when Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, 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 and Justin Herbert are all there? No, I didn't say they're going to lead the league in passing. I said there's a chance they could. Look. If you if you did a stat from after the break on 
wouldn't they be right up there in pass efficiency? I mean, at one point, Trevor was 14 touchdowns and one pick in the first, what, five or six games after the break? Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. It was 14 and one at one point. So if I lost my mind to think they, they, they'll be one of the top two or three teams in passing both in yardage and efficiency next year? They certainly could be. Uh, you know, we'll see Cincinnati as another contender, um, but we'll see what happens with T. Higgins. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, they, they certainly could be up there. You know, I, I also wonder if they're going to win at such a level that maybe they don't have the really ridiculous numbers that some other decent, like the Chargers strike me as a team, although they're getting ready to apparently cut Keenan Allen and uh, Gerald Everett, which right. I just think is malpractice. But um, but, but, they're again, way, but they're way over. And and again, that's where be thankful you have Shad Khan as your owner here and not Dean Spanos because the Chargers are always going to have to play money ball because they do not have a rich owner compared to the other owners. So if Keenan Allen, and not to get us off, but Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett played here, there's no chance. There's certainly no chance Keenan Allen would be told, get out of here right. because we can't restructure this salary uh, and hand you a bunch of money up front. How could you possibly let Keenan Allen ever get – he had like 75 catches in the last 10 games. Anyway, I know that's a whole other thing. But I, I, think, that, uh, I think the Jaguars certainly will, could be at the, at the, at near the top of it. Uh, I just think they're going to win in so much. I think they're going to win probably 11 or 12 games. Just We don't know the order, but we know the opponents – uh, and those kind of teams, I don't know that – I think they'll be top five. I'm not sure they're going to lead the league, but it will be explosive. And looking at this Super Bowl, the Chiefs really only have one elite offensive weapon. That's it, in Travis Kelsey. And so when we talk about how it compares to the Jaguars, like, oh, the Jaguars need to you know, improve when it comes to pass catchers, I'm not sure that they're that far off, other than they don't have that elite tight end. I'm not sure they're that far off, though, as far as, like, you're talking about leading the league in pass efficiency. They wouldn't be that far off as far as the weapons are concerned. Well, not every elite pass catcher, to your point, is elite the minute he gets into the league. Jamar Chase was, some were, but not every elite pass catcher was great the minute he got here. We, all, we talked about Christian Kirk. Zay Jones might be starting to emerge. He's really fast. He's a really talented guy. And his, and his years in, in, in Buffalo and Las Vegas were okay. But he was, he was never bad, but he was never a, the star. So he might be a guy that at age 26 or whatever he is is starting to emerge, right? So, uh, and no. Ingram could have another great year. And I, and I would be shocked if Evan Ingram, barring health, again, he's had some health stuff before he got here, but barring health concerns, wouldn't you be surprised if Evan Ingram wasn't a big time, didn't have a big-time year again next year? Look, look, you got one of the best play callers in the league, one of the best developers of offense in the league, one of the rising quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Christian said what he said. And I'm glad he was the guest. I'm glad he was on. Now, look, he's, I'm, I'm assuming he's back there hanging. He's from Arizona. He played uh, after Texas A&M played professionally in Arizona. So I'm assuming he's got a home there, wouldn't you think, that he's, he has a home there or family there or something there, you know? So, I mean, I don't know that, but I just – Well, he also probably is just enjoying the Super Bowl week. A lot yeah, of the players right, just go right. out to Phoenix. and No question. But he, in addition to that, he is from there. That's so, so anyway, I, I, I'm a big I, – I really like him. I, I, like, I like the culture of this. You know, Baloo had a topic last week. You, we all touched on it. Um, Baloo said, if, you don't, if you're not willing to take Jason – if you're a Jaguar, fans who does, Jaguar fan who doesn't want Jalen Ramsey back, you've lost your mind. And I don't agree with that. I don't know that I would say, hell no, no way. But I, I, I think 
and I'm getting back to Christian Kirk is why I bring this up. I think the culture with this team really mattered. I think the good locker room really mattered. I think trusting your teammate, and I think that I think there is really something to that. I think I get the sense Philadelphia had that this year. I, I get the sense teams that go from not being great to being great or not being good to being pretty good have that. So, and I think Christian Kirk. We talked about it. Hey, you guys named him the Good Guy Award. The media did because he was so accessible. And almost more than you guys naming him that was how much that meant to him. You know, some guys would chuckle and say, well, I'm glad you guys think I'm a nice guy, blah, blah. He didn't. Remember how he responded? He was great. He, re- he took it very seriously. He said, look, this is one of the best honors I've received. This means that I'm being respectful to people and I'm, and I'm, and I'm helping accommodate people that have a job to do. He took, that very, he took it very seriously that he was named the good guy award. I, I, did that, I was taken by that. We're, not just that you guys voted in that, but that he was taken. Weren't you a little bit? I was, we've always been very lucky in that the good guy award winner, and Michael Duraco does a great job of arranging it and presenting the award. Uh, they've always been humbled and, and very gracious. I yeah. mean, but again, you're talking about Paul Puzlesny, Cecil Shorts, Calais Campbell, Blake, uh, Blake Bortles, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. uh, and uh, and then obviously Christian. So yeah, he he was magnificent. I mean, he was magnificent all year. It it certainly seemed like it it uh, meant a lot to Christian to to get the the recognition, and it was it was richly deserved. It was a it was the best locker room that I've ever been around, uh, and it says something that I that I and 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 he he was a runaway winner. So he was a runaway winner. In a year in which all the reporters felt like this is the best locker room we've ever covered here, and and he's by far the best. So it really speaks to uh, the professionalism and just what a nice guy Christian Kirk is. And you said Zay Jones was second. I think Zay, yeah, Zay Jones was second. Evan Ingram was third. So Trevor Lawrence not only is a great guy and won the award the year before, but pretty much everyone he's working with is also a spectacular human being. But that's what's underscored here. That that that. This they really did build a really good locker room. They built a really good culture. Culture can be a lot of crap sometimes. You know, people love these. They just throw the word around. Well, the bottom line is: Does your locker room work? Is it good people? Is it is it? Are they really selfless? Are they really good teammates? And and I know those are all catchwords in in sports and business, but I think they really are. So anyway, so Christian Kirk, good for you for speaking up. I think that respect's coming, by the way. I think when he has another 1,100-yard season next year and the Jaguars hang a 13-4 and four and uh, and get to the AFC Championship weekend, I think that changes things a bit. Yeah, and I think it's tough for Christian because he's not 6'5". He's not making these ridiculous highlight grabs like some others are. Uh, he's not so racing he, by he's people. Not, yeah, exactly. He's not Tyreek Hill. So he doesn't do anything physically that really grabs the – just NFL fan, you know, the, obviously Jaguar, if you're watching him week in and week out, you're going to see how productive he is, but he's not going viral with these amazing plays and, and he's not this physical specimen like DK Metcalf or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, if you keep the consistency up, eventually everybody's going to have no choice but to respect you. And I think Christian Kirk's best football is still ahead of him. We'll take a break. When we come back, we got a Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. That's next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week. 
brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. Our scholar athlete this week is Anicia Graham, a senior at Paxson. Anicia, congratulations and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, so you are wearing a volleyball jersey, but you have softball tonight. Tell us all about your sporting activities. Oh, for volleyball, even though we like we finished for a while, I really miss it, and I really enjoyed it very much. And then softball, I'm really excited for the season because I feel like we could go very far. I feel like we could win gateway districts and even regionals. Nice. And so I'm just excited for the season. Anisha, tell us about your background. Did you play softball, uh, volleyball longer, I said? You played volleyball the long, longest or no? Oh, I first I, uh, I started off playing softball first, and oh, then did. I got into volleyball because of my big sister. Because, well, her and the rest of my cousins, they all play, like, softball, basketball, and all those type of sports. And I was like, oh, I want to get into these two. Yeah. So I was first at softball, and then my sister played volleyball. So I was like, oh, this seems fun. Well, so how long have you played both? Oh, I started playing softball when I was eight and volleyball when I was 11. Okay, so you've played both a long time. Yeah. Which do you like best and why? I like volleyball better because the environment for team-wise is better. And, well, it's also inside. Mm-hmm. I don't like being in, like, the heat as much. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's more fast-paced than softball. And I, I really like that. Very cool. Can you tell us about your favorite memory for both softball and for volleyball? My favorite memory for volleyball was last year when we had to play against Inglewood. We were first losing, and then all of a sudden we started winning. And then for, like, the tiebreaker, we beat them 15 to 10 in, like, the last set. And it was just really awesome. And then also for softball last year, we went to regionals. And it was, like, the first round. And we were down against Matanzas 1-0 to until the sixth inning where one of my teammates, Addie, she, like, hit a ball. She hit a triple. And then after that, everybody just started hitting. So we ended the game 7-1. to one. Ooh, wow. down 1 to nothing, 1-7-1. One, one. That's pretty good. Very nicely done. When it comes to school, you're a great student. How do you balance studying and all the sports? After practice or a game, I always make sure to have a specific amount of time to do homework or, like, study for a test. And, like, during school, if there's, like, a free period or if I complete most of my work for a class, I, like, start doing homework then. Anisha, what do you want to do? What, what do you want to go to school? What do you want to study? What, what's next? I want to attend FAMU, and I want to, like, study to be a nurse because I want to help people. I want to help people get better. And I just heard a lot of good things about nursing. Very cool. And you're accepted, right, to FAMU? So when, when yes, will sir. you start? I start in fall. What is there any other school that could come in and, and change this, or is it, is it FAMU all the way? So far, I think no, but if UF assess me, I might just be, you know, battling between the two, but I for sure am locked in for fam. Okay. Nice. What's your favorite thing to do outside of playing sports and studying? I like to hang out with my friends a lot, and what else? I like to sleep and listen to music. <laughs> Those are good things, especially when I like both of those, too. And just, I, I certainly can. I, I can relate, though. I think we all can. So, well, congratulations. Anisia Graham is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. Terrific softball and volleyball player and a really good student on her way to FAMU to study nursing. Congratulations. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. All right. Anisia Graham from, uh, from Paxson uh, School of Advanced Studies, a terrific school, by the way. And she is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. And she's headed to Florida A&M to study nursing, which is very, very cool. Yeah, nursing is, is a great field that 
I mean, you'll always have a job. You can be a travel nurse. You can obviously stay in Jacksonville. There's, you can be ER. You can be OR. You can be, you know, with the babies in the NICU. It, lots of different options. You know, one thing I've no, one very I'm serious about this. One theme I've noticed with all the scholar athletes, I say all, pretty much all, so many of them, the whole helping other people thing is is a theme. You notice that? Absolutely. I mean, almost everyone that comes through here. It's a whether, great call. Whether it's nursing, whether it's getting into medicine. Whatever it is, it's the the we are teaching our youth so many of this so many of our youth to come through here about about the whole giving back and helping other people is kind of the the servant leader stuff is real you know and it's sometimes hard with young people to explain that cliches it's not about a cliche it's not about saying something to people go oh, wow that's really nice it's about really doing it it's about really getting involved in your community and getting involved in your in your student body and getting involved in your neighborhood. And saying, what can I do? What can I really do to make other people's lives better? And it sounds corny, and I'm not trying to be corny, so help me God, I'm not. But it's a very, very real deal. And, man, I, I, I'm impressed with these young people because we sense it from almost all of them that come through here. I wonder if that is a byproduct of going through the pandemic at such an early age, yeah. but being certainly aware of – of what life was like prior to it, how it changed everything, and and now coming out of it is is you know these kids are seniors, uh, because you're right, it, it really does seem like this group has been especially centered on how can I help others. Yeah, I thought it must somehow relate to the pandemic, and so I think as adults we look back and think oh, it was so frustrating or we lost money or, or all the things that went with it. But for this generation, I think maybe it ended up being something that they can learn from. Yeah. If you're a student athlete, if you're a young athlete um, and you hit a double to win the game in the bottom of the seventh, that's great. If you score the winning touchdown, that's great. But if you found a way to make your teammates life better, that's going to stay with you more than the double, you know? So it's, it's cool stuff. So it was, it was really Tammy Talley, by the way, one of the first things we did, uh, Steve Griffin, our GM, and, and Tammy Talley, the athletic director for Duval County, got together and said, let's let's do something meaningful. I think we've done it. Guys, I think we've done it almost as long as we've had a station. Uh, if, if not, right? If not as long, pretty close. Yeah, you've certainly been doing it since I joined the station way back about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think we've done it. So I'm assuming it's been since the beginning. So it's a good I – know, and I know Steve and Tammy both take it very seriously. Tammy – uh, works with a committee to pick the students. She goes and we always sees the radio side, but Tammy goes and presents the day before and presents, I think, a lot of times before an assembly so so their classmates can see it too. I think that's how it works. And so uh, and I'm sure it's different from time to time. To and present. then a lucky one will win the Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Year and yeah. they'll win tuition money yeah. or college money. Both a male and a female, yeah, mm-hmm. one of each. That's exactly right. Um, today was High School Sports Media Day. Gibby, you were out there at the media day, right? I was, yeah. A good, good, good crowd. Alan Verlander and the Airstream folks put that on. Good group today, right? They do a great job. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see all the spring sports recognized. You know, you have baseball, softball, lacrosse. You have so many different sports that are there and represented. And you know, sometimes even football players will filter through there at, at times. But it's all about the spring sports recognition. I got to see a lot of the baseball coaches that Frank, you and I know well. And so, yeah, it's, it was a great turnout. It really got pretty crowded about 10, 1030 this morning with, with all of them there together, which was cool to see. Yeah, one thing that kind of warms my heart, I, every time I looked at Twitter, I saw, and I'm a baseball guy now, so I mean, the, the all, all the sports are important, but for me being a baseball guy, seeing the Reigns and Rebalt team so, so 
you see, they were there when you were there. I take it, Gibby. So yep, so they well were. represented and so proud. You know that Reigns are one of the things we're trying to do. Is, is most of you know that listen to this program with walk off is bring baseball to the inner city. Well, what's happened a little bit is the Reigns and Rebalt pro not because of us, just it's starting to happen now. The baseball programs at Reigns and Rebalt have become more vibrant, and uh, I can tell you what well, one thing we have done at walk off is uh, we made this this year um, we. Help Rebalt buy batting machines. We help Reigns with some some equipment, some some field issues, and we're proud of that because that's. I mean, we start we start our initiative, Lauren, with as you know, because you're out there every week. We start our initiative with 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 eight year olds, with third graders. But the idea we've done it five years now. We're in our sixth year. The idea is for those eight year olds when they become thirteen and fourteen year olds, the ones that like it stay with it and become good high school players. And 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 part of that is. High school programs grow a little bit. And I know it sounds corny, but it's a big deal, and we're seeing that now at the high school level. We uh, we the last two years, Jared Simmons, our director of operations, who does such a good job, has had has had walk off summer leagues and walk off summer teams that are that are mostly African American young men that are playing baseball and loving it, and they're playing in these travel tournaments, and uh, which they never could have played in before. They're not always winning. Sometimes they're getting their brains beat in. Sometimes they're they're hanging around, you know. But they're playing and they're competing and they're loving it and they're having the sweet uniforms and uh, that was the whole idea when we started with eight year olds six years ago. It really was is is to get and I think Gibby, you saw it today. Uh, those Reigns and Rebolt guys, they were ready to go today, weren't they? And they're so excited, uh, you know, to be able to talk to them. I got the chance to speak with some of those guys and you know they're really excited. I, I talked to a lot of the the guys there, the Wolfson coach I know pretty well, the Inglewood coach, Coach Geiger. We mentioned a moment ago. I uh, really gotten to know a lot of the coaches there. Coach Barnes at, at First Coast. Um, it's really cool to see h- how excited they are. And, and like you said, the the kickoff to, to high school baseball with your tournament next week uh, is coming up Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're we're very we're very excited about all of it. So, um, so yeah. So we'll we'll uh, uh, we can't wait to see uh, in the Heritage game as well. So, so it's all kind of good stuff. It'll be really cool in a few years at the Walk Off Baseball Classic preseason classic to see if there's any kids who came through any of the clinics playing on any of the teams in high school. Because right now they would still be a little too young to have gotten to that point. Good call, though. You're right. You're right. And obviously a lot of lots happening with what we're doing with walk-off and facilities and whatnot, and that'll be announced as, as the days and weeks and months go on. But, yeah, you're exactly right about that. Speaking of spring training, right around the corner, Gib. Right, when are you going down, Gibby? What's your plan? I need a plan. Need so details. I'm trying to finalize the details. The, my initial plan was to go March 18th and 19th to see the Braves – play the Phillies on Saturday and then the Twins on Sunday. A buddy of mine and I are going. And then uh, we were talking last night about possibly making an East Coast trip to see Port St. Lucie and those type, you know, uh, West Palm, which we remember we used to do that. That was so much fun uh, during that week when we used to go down as the show. But uh, I think the idea right now is to go sometime in March uh, to see the Braves. The first spring training game is the 25th against the Red Sox. I'd love to make it out there. Yeah. But uh, but we'll see. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I always make it a point to go to spring training. I mean, it's in our state here in Florida. There's only there are, spring training is only in two places: Arizona and Florida. And we have it here. So and I'm like you said, Frank. I'm I'm like you. I'm a diehard baseball guy. So I'm going to go see my team. Yeah. So and uh, and that's that's one of the beautiful things about Florida. No question about it. By the way, Tammy just texted me. Ten years. It's been ten years now that we thank you, Tammy, for that. We've we've done the Duval County Scholar Athlete for ten years, and we're awfully awfully proud of it. So uh, I mean, it's a it's a big deal for us, and uh, and the and the student athletes that come here through here are just terrific. And it's fun to follow kind of them as they as they move along as well, uh, in, in their college careers and. and, and get college degrees and move along. It's all kind of fun stuff. All right, more baseball coming up a little bit later on. There's a baseball rule out there that Gibby and I came saw, and I'll tell you about it later on, 
but it really extends to thoughts about other sports. And I've got, and I've got some thoughts about it. I'm glad it's out there. So we'll certainly talk about that coming up in just a little bit. We're going to take a break in a second. I do want to get to some Super Bowl thoughts. Is Jalen Hurts the next quarterback model? Are we going to see more and more? And, I, and I'm going to get into the details of this. It's going to, Hayes, I'm going to dip into the recruiting and the seven-on-sevens and, and the way we mold our quarterbacks. You know, we mold our players. We mold pitchers, Gibby. You know that. We, well, you know, we, want, we, want, someone, we want them 6'3 or more, 215 or more, and we want them throwing mid-90s, right? That's right. Okay, that's different, though. In the Greg Maddox days, we didn't care as much about that. We wanted them to be able to paint. And so, well, we've, we've trained quarterbacks a certain way for the longest time. Is that changing? And as the game changes, is it good for the game? We'll talk about that. I want to talk about PGA Tour versus Live uh, year two, what that means as well. I want to talk about coordinators. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Let's take a break. When we come back, though, let's talk about NFL and quarterbacking on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's out of thought. You know a thought? Sure. I love thoughts. You have a good thought. I mean, you, you get through a day with one good thought. It's a hell of a day. I've been known to say I don't like to think unless I'm at work. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I got a thought. I'm hearing Christian Kirk talk and all this. And I know we've had this thought heading into the 2018 season. We had this thought throughout the late 90s. We probably even had a little bit going into the 2008 season. But can you imagine how great it's going to be around here? When, when, I mean, the NFL's never out of season. It's so, we're always talking. It. The, the world, the nation is always talking NFL. When we're one of the good teams, now that that's, I mean, it happened this year, but it happened so fast. I mean, we're two and six at one point, you're three and seven at one point, right? And then all of a sudden, I mean, you're, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. And then it was dramatic. It was dramatic wins and, 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 and unbelievable finishes. You imagine what's going to be like? We're just like one of the good teams when, when the power poles come out and you're seventh. We're good. Where, where will the Jags be in the first power pool? Uh, the Super Bowl's over, and the Chiefs or the Eagles win, blah, 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 and they have free agency, and then the draft comes around, and then after the draft and everybody takes a breath, here come the power poles. There'll be power poles before that, but, I mean, the post-draft power poles, the May 10th power poll, where are the Jags? Ninth. What do you think? Hmm. You went low, maybe, you low-balled a little bit right there. Yeah, I was going to well, say, they, I think maybe a little higher. They did higher. go 0-5 in October. I'll say seventh. I don't need your rationalization for your disgusting right. low, your mm-hmm. disgustingly yeah. low power pole spot. Um, but seriously, I mean, there really will be a top ten power on just about every power pole. I think top ten, yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, fair. but I mean, top ten for this franchise in every power pole. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's I mean, what happens when you're one be, of the last eight. There'll be some that. Okay, don't so buy be, it. I agree. Yeah, I, I think I agree. for the most part, but the consensus they'll be in is the they'll, top they'll, they'll be they'll be. They'll certainly be the – I mean, barring Aaron Rodgers showing up in Tennessee, that's about the only thing now that I think could keep 90% of the general NFL analysts from not picking the Jaguars to yeah, win the yeah, division. Yeah, yeah, and look, because nobody likes it when everybody picks the same team, there'll be a handful they are going to pick – someone's going to pick the Titans because they're going to say, hey, it was a one-year fluke, I don't buy it yet, and the Titans know how to win. Someone's, someone else is going to go way out on a limb and say they're going to pick the tit- the Texans or the Colts just because I'm, I'm playing a hunch. But for the most part, they'll be the pick. For the, for the most part, they'll be – I mean – I'll say this. Every sports book is going to favor the Jaguars. Correct. And I just – Because you know what happens when they're wrong? They lose money. That's right. 
So yeah, if you pick the Texans or the Colts to win this division yeah. next year, that seems a bit yeah wild. But there will be some people. They'll most of them will pick the Titans. There will be some people that say I'm not going to buy the Jags, who have done who have mostly lost in their 28 years because they had one good second half when they barely won a handful of games. Now, some people are going to say, listen, they were. You know, we like to say they they fit they finished nine and eight, but were an eyelash from 12 and five. Well, the 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 naysayer can say they're also an eyelash from seven and ten, right? I mean, so I mean, I, I or six and eleven, I get it, but I, uh, but my point is, games and tailgating and ah, another game, twenty seven, twenty seven, thirteen, Jags win again, you know? I mean, because I, I don't think it's gonna take, I don't think it's gonna take last second kicks and overtime pick sixes and late game. Josh Allen picking up a ball that bounces right to him. I don't think it's going to take. I guess. I guess my point is, we haven't had that, man. We have. I mean, we thought we were going to have it in eighteen, and it lasted about a quarter of the season. And it was. I don't know. It just feels like it's going to be crazy. That's I guess that's why, my point. That's why for me on Sunday I'll be rooting for the Chiefs because I want the team that knocked the Jaguars out to be the team holding the trophy. Yeah, me too. Meaning the Jaguars are as close as possible to. Yes, they didn't play in the AFC Championship, but still the only team better than them, at least in the AFC. Maybe the Bengals, but as far as how far they made it, but the Chiefs. Yeah. And so that's why I will be rooting hard for the Chiefs. I've become AFC guy. You know, I, even all those years rooting for the Steelers and then rooting for the Jags, I never cared about AFC versus NFC. So, so I mean, during all those years, I ne- even even though the Steelers dead and the Jags now are in the AFC, I didn't care conference, but I do now. I mean, I do, I do, I do. Do you care about that now? I, I, I do. It that doesn't bother me. No matter you know who who wins the Super Bowl. I mean, again, I think the Jaguars. If Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl, the Jaguars can say we went to Philly in Week Four, and right. you know we're an That's eyelash right. away from a really commanding lead. And um, yeah, so I I think no matter how that turns out, you know the Jaguars will have a, a pretty strong case um, that they belong. I, I think when when you look at it, th- this is sort of what I was thinking coming in here today. It's sort of funny that we were on the same wavelength because my thought was, won't it be crazy if this team is ever like 14 and 0 and we're having the discussion of, would it be better if they went ahead and lost a game just to get the, the pressure of going undefeated off of them. And uh, you know, these are the things that again, it it's unlikely, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that they could be, getting to that point in the next few years. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be, you know, conversations that we've never had and will be uh, much more enjoyable than the conversations that we have had throughout 90% of the last decade. Yeah. I'm hopeful that our conversation next year, maybe not quite to the undefeated part, but is let's lay out the, the plan once it gets to about midway through October and then getting in November of how the Jaguars are going to host the AFC championship. Yeah, I just, I, I again, I'm going to get this quarterback thing. I promise you that in this segment. But I just got thinking about it. It's going to be fun, man. I mean, it's just going to be. It's just, I just, I, there's a momentum that I think is real. And by the way, and why did it have to come to a screeching halt? I, but, but but that's okay because I mean, <laughs> I, I never, I can't ever remember a team maybe '96 losing, but there was so much positivity around it, around about what's to come. So, you know, 
I'm excited. I just had I just had an excited fanboy moment, didn't I? You did. I just had, I just had a fanboy moment that kind of got the best of me right there. And, uh, I, I love fanboy moments. That's that? right. That's great okay. in the uh, in the off season. Okay, that's what that? it's uh, that's what yeah, it's for. Yeah. yeah it is. Uh, back to back to where I was <laughs> going to go this segment. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback who was not a big, strong drop back quarterback. He's a quarterback that can run and move, and is a good passer. He's Charlie Ward. You've said it many times better than I have. If Charlie Ward played today, he'd win Super Bowls and NFL MVPs without a doubt, right? Yes. Without, without a doubt. I mean, I mean, in fact, we don't say that enough. If you, for, for people that, are, that remember college football in the early 90s, you can't fathom how good Charlie Ward was. There's, there's, Michael Vick was good, but it was different. Charlie Ward was more – Charlie Ward, I thought, was more NFL-ish than Michael Vick, even though Michael Vick's the one that played in the NFL. Do you feel that way? Yeah, to me, it's it's like imagine Jordan Travis and then multiply it by 10. Yeah, with a big – with a Jordan Travis with with um big arm. Right, well, that's Jordan, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. Jordan Travis yeah. yeah, times 10 in everything. Yeah, kind of Caleb Williams. He, I mean, yeah. he's a little – Caleb's probably a little thicker than Charlie was. I would agree. But other than that, he's kind of Caleb Williams. And Caleb, Caleb, Caleb Williams, as much as I hate to say it, Caleb Williams 100 years ago, they said, I don't know if he's not tall enough. Uh, maybe he can play another position. Uh, you know, that, that's what we, our, our, football, our, our football culture would have told us. Now, so, I, uh, so, so, so back to the question. Say, by the way, both six – well, Charlie Ward, 6'2", 190. Jalen Hurts – I mean, sorry, Caleb Williams, six one two fifteen. Yeah, and he he is thicker. And Charlie Charlie six two one nine. Charlie and I can tell you, Charlie was nowhere near six two. There, what what did the Knicks list him as? Are you looking at the Knicks or the football people? I just googled it. Yeah, what what the, what did the Knicks list Charlie? I, I don't think six two. Charlie wasn't six two. I don't care what they said. Charlie wasn't six two. But but nonetheless, the but he would have gotten a chance. Yeah, in he, the NFL. Oh, he would have. He'd have been top ten draft pick right. in the end. Well, he got no chance. Yeah, correct. In, in his day. So is that where are we headed for more of that? Are we headed for more athletic quarterbacks? I mean, we're we're watching. I mean, we're watching Taysom Hill and Jeff Driscoll get snaps at quarterback. If they were better passers, you know, would they be that guy? You know what I mean? We're we're seeing. I just wonder if we're headed for more smaller, big armed guys playing quarterback. Uh, Smaller but fast, yet big arm guys than we've ever had before. I guess that's the point. Yeah, it, it's it's a good question. I I don't think Hertz will be the model, but again, the good news is the the quarterback with that kind of skill set now does get his quote day in court. I mean, he gets a chance. He gets to uh, show what he can do. Whereas, I mean, I, I remember when I covered uh, the Gators, Will Muschamp brought us in. It was very nice. Brought us in for sort of this recruiting seminar on these are these are what we look for. It was more of an evaluation than than what kind of they do, you know, in terms of entertaining the prospects. But he went through position by position. This is what we're looking for, and the minimum requirement at quarterback was like six four two twenty five. That's really interesting. Which means he was not going to talk to you at that position. Unless that's wow. – and I guarantee you Georgia doesn't do that now. Right, right. Not that he's run, but, you know, he works on Kirby Smart's staff. I mean, it's just been the adjustment that we've seen in the last, uh, you know, 10 or so years. And, and I guarantee you there's not, a, there's not a coach today that has that specific frame requirement for the quarterback position because we've just seen a litany of examples of guys that can get the job done. So I, I don't think it's the model. I, I still think the model is Trevor Lawrence. That's the model. 
Uh, you'd love the six six. You'd love the huge arm. You'd love the ability to move like Trevor has, uh, the twitchiness Trevor has. He's the model. But there is now a place for a quarterback like Jalen Hurts that's undersized but does a lot of things really well and, again, is wired perfectly for the position. And maybe one reason I'm asking this is because, yeah, if the J- if the Trevor Lawrences and the Justin Herberts of the world and the Josh Allens of the world were everywhere – then that would still be the model. But as far as as far as six foot five or better and athletic, that tall and athletic, okay. I just named Trevor, Josh, Justin. That's about it. I we, we just about got through the list. That I think that I think that's the list of six five plus and athletic. Am I missing somebody? I don't think I am. Not, I mean not not to be that big and that good of an athlete. That's it. So yeah. So there there's far more you got let me it's gonna sound crazy because he, he's only thirty. And it was not that long ago he came out. It was only, you know, it was only 10 years ago, nine years ago, whatever, whatever it was. And he was a psycho, and the psycho part was worse than anything else. But what if Johnny Menzel came out right now? Now, if he was still a psycho, it wouldn't matter. Right. But, but he was six feet, 210. I mean, unbelievable athlete, unbelievable runner and dodger. And he was Charlie Ward. What if Johnny Manziel was right? And if he was still a psycho, it wouldn't matter. I, I understand. Right, he, but you're saying if Johnny Manziel was a a a, a good yeah, if he had his if he had quality his, if he had his head on straight maker. and he came out right now, I, I mean, I think he'd be a top pick in the draft. He would, I wouldn't mean, he? he? The he, six feet wouldn't to stop me. He's it. better than Baker Mayfield, who went first. Right, correct, and Baker Mayfield could never run around like Johnny Manziel could. He's better, a good passer. I think you have to analyze the accuracy so much. And the problem in just a brief evaluation of a mobile quarterback is a lot of times they're taking off because they're not reading the field as well. And so that's the easiest thing for them to do is if my first read's not there, go. And that doesn't always work in the NFL. We're seeing it work a little bit more now. But the the Mahomes and the Hurts and the other guys that are super talented, they're still reading defenses extraordinarily well, like pocket passers do, but yes, they also have mobility. It's a great point. Guys I don't know that Manziel could ever do that. But it's a great point, and that I don't know either. But it's a great, you made a great point. Guys that can run tend to too fast because they know they can. Right. Uh, a drop-back quarterback over the year, I mean, the Dan Marinos of the world and even the Tom Brady's of the world and the Peyton Manning's of the world, they were going to get through every progression and then check down because taking off and running was never an option. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's an option for all these guys. So make sure you don't choose that option too quickly is your point. That's a fair point. That's a, a very good point. You still have to – football still won from the pocket. You still have to win the game from the pocket. We saw that here, Gardner Minshew. He had happy feet and then would tend to kind of take off, and that's not what was best for the offense. Yeah, so, so – but I still think – so, yeah, you'd have to teach him. I can tell you this. I did one man's – I did – the year he was a freshman, I had – I had the A&M Arkansas game. Now, Arkansas was terrible then. They beat them 50-something to something teen or 50-something to 20-something. Uh, I had that game. But he was amazing. I, again, the game, the one game I had Johnny Menzel in college and the one game I had Russ Wilson in college, they both played against lousy teams. So they were both out of the game by the middle of the third quarter. Wisconsin beat Purdue 1,000 to nothing and A&M beat Arkansas 1,000 to nothing. So, and they are both home games, you know, so – but but I'm but I thought I saw the same thing in both of them. It's kind of the point I'm making. Unbelievable playmaking ability, big arms, dramatic runners, and Russell Wilson. I'm still not sure what I still can't tell you what happened to Russell Wilson. I'm still not sure what happened to him this last year or two. 
Uh, but I, but I, I don't know. I, I just wonder. I think we're going to see more guys like that. I guess that's that's the point. I think we're going to see more guys. I think we're going to see more guys that play like this. Bryce Young is not a not a particularly good runner. He's a way better passer. But he's that guy. He can take off and run if he has to. Could see, be the first pick. And, and he could be the first overall pick. C.J. Stroud's not a good runner. He can run some. But he's athletic enough to run if he has to. So it'll be interesting. To see. I would take Jordan Travis in the. I mean, in the, in the second round, if he has a year like he had this year, and and maybe he'll his stock will even go higher. I, I mean, he's going to benefit greatly from Jalen Hurts' success, and he to me he is he's he's exactly like that. He's he's unbelievably quick. Uh, he's he's really worked to increase uh, his velocity. He's a great decision maker. He's tough. He's clutch. I I mean to me if if Jordan Travis has another season like he just had, I I don't know how he's going to get out of the top forty and and he very well may be a first round pick and that would have just I mean again would have never happened fifteen years ago and that's why I think Kendon Hooker has a great chance this year once he gets healthy I mean here's a guy who has a great arm from what we saw is a talented accurate quarterback and also has the mobility he could end up being one of the better ones of the current group. He's just is not really getting mentioned with guys like Levis and yeah. Str- obviously not Stroud and Young. Who tweeted that today? Was it Orlovsky? Somebody tweeted that Hendon Hooker is at worst will be the third guy. Oh, it might have been Bucky Bucky Brooks. Oh, okay. Bucky said, I'll tell you what, I would not be to your point, Lauren, you and you've been on this for a while and I'm with you. I would not be surprised if Hendon Hooker is the best quarterback in the in in, in the class. Would you be shocked? If he turns out to be the best quarterback in the class, I would not because I don't think the top four. Because the class, because the class isn't great, right? I, I agree. I, I, um, I think Bryce Young's really good. I think he's head and shoulders the best guy, but he is tiny. I, I told you guys this story when we were in Atlanta last year at the SEC Media Days. My jaw dropped at how little a person, just what a small person he is. He's just a little guy. And I and I remember thinking, well, again, when the mom in the Dr Pepper video, yeah, right, right. is bigger than you, <laughs> good point. Yeah, good then point. you're not a very big quarterback. Boy, he's a good player, man. He is a really good player. So if you can keep him healthy and upright, but I, uh, but I, I'm with you, Lauren. I would not be surprised if Hendon Hooker winds up being the best player in the draft, uh, the best, the best. I'm sorry, the best quarterback in the draft. He, there's something special about him, and that's where you give Josh Heupel credit. This is a dude that couldn't get off the bench at Virginia Tech. I never heard. I had never heard of him when he came to Tennessee. And by the way, he didn't win the job at Tennessee. Joe Milton did. And then when Milton was wasn't very good, he got the job. So interesting stuff. We'll talk about more in a moment. Ten Tennessee ninety two point five FM. No, it's coming. Players championship. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Uh, Blue was saying yesterday they've changed. I didn't get to play in the media thing, but they've changed around a lot of the bunkers. New look to the to the yard. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get out. I love going out. What a fun week that is. Absolutely. It's like the greatest week ever. Nine under will be the winning score. Nine under? Okay. Nine under. It's been 12 or 13. You're going nine? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I have no idea yet because obviously two years ago we had perfect weather. And then last year the weather yeah. was all over the place. We yeah, ended up having to have the Monday finish. It was so breezy. They almost canceled that one day. I think that was Saturday. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll wait until we know more about the weather. But since we had bad weather last year, that means we're guaranteed to have yes, good weather this absolutely. year. Yes, absolutely. We're going to have perfect weather. That's my prediction. You predict 900, I predict perfect weather. The, um, how do you think, now that we're getting closer to it, and our friend Jared Rice will be with us on Wednesday starting next week, what's your guess on the whole PGA versus Live thing this year? It was such a big deal last year. It was so controversial. Is it quiet a little bit? Or does it get louder? What, what, what do you think? I think it's going to – linger because I think you're going to see 
some golfer from Live win a big tournament. Maybe it's the Masters. Maybe it's the U.S. Open. Um, but I think you're going to see, obviously, at the Players' Championship, it, you're not going to see that happen. And, and I, I don't know what the players, if there'll be as much of live conversation. There probably will be before it starts. Uh, but once the tournament gets going, obviously, it's, it's, you know, it's all PGA Tour players. So, uh, but I have a sense that Liv is going to get one as much as I don't root for those guys. Uh, I have a sense that that the Liv Tour will have a, a player win a major this year, and they are going to make a huge deal about it when it happens. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to go with I certainly hope not based off of the fact that the competition is so silly in that tour. Yeah, you know. That I just I don't think that they're sharp enough. Yeah, I – Oh, I don't agree with that. I, I um, they're 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 the they're the villain. If you're a tour fan like we tend to be, but I don't know if they're not sharp enough. I what I wonder about is, is there enough good play there? Because the tour's got great play. I just wonder if there's enough good play. And I still and I and I tell you what I told you last year, until they have until they have live television in the U.S., there, there's no way they're going to make a dent. Well, now they have some live television in the U.S., although it's the CW. Uh, what I wonder is, will people watch it? Will it be there? I mean, it will, if it's on the CW, and every market's got a CW station, right? I assume. I mean, in the CW, pretty much, don't most markets have a CW station, wouldn't you think? I would think. So will people pay attention to it? Remember, the CW station, golf is a sport. Golf is big enough now that I don't, ever, I don't think people watch golf because they just happen upon it. I think golf's a destination watch, don't you? I don't think people are just flipping around NBC or CBS and they happen to see it. I think golf's pretty much a destination watch. Well, if it is, will, pe- will people go to the CW and find it? I guess that's my question. And they won't because none of those tournaments mean anything. And that's what golf is. That's, that's the essence of golf is the tournament you are watching has been, be- has been played for, I mean, in some cases, 150 years. Uh you know, but but the 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 roots of golf are so strong, and that's what draws the viewer in. That you're seeing your current favorite player chase a championship. That Tiger Woods won. That Jack Nicklaus won. That Arnold Palmer won. Uh, that Bobby Jones won. If if you're talking about you know a, a lot of the the majors, it, it's just it's one of those things that I just think it's it's. It's virtually impossible to get a casual fan to watch a tournament where the stakes mean nothing. Who cares if any of these players win a live event? It means nothing. It has no tradition. Who cares that we know the fields aren't particularly strong, certainly not as strong as they are on the PGA Tour. Uh, and, and again, I mean, it, I, I'm fascinated to see how long it goes for. Uh, live uh, live golf league attorneys conceded in court um that they generated virtually no revenue i saw that that's right um i mean that's a good business model (laughs) you know let's generate nothing and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars and and so again that's why i do question the staying power of it because this fledgling tv thing for live is not gonna make enough of a dent and the PGA Tour still has such a strong 
group of stars that I don't think the casual fan is going to notice the drop-off. And I here, mean, the leaderboards are going to be fantastic. And here's the thing. We've learned to appreciate the tour because it's the tour. And nobody knew who Bryson DeChambeau was, but we learned who he was because he did well on the tour. We didn't know who Brooks Kepka was, but we learned who he was when he did because he did well on the tour. Not because he's a great golfer, but because he was a great golfer on the tour. I'm sure there's some really good golfers on the small tours. We don't know who they are. So I almost wonder if this isn't all that different than the web tour, the, the, the second tour. You know Corn what Ferry. I'm sorry? Corn Ferry. The Corn Ferry. This is not all that different than the Corn Ferry in that I think there's, the Corn Ferry tour has some really good players on it, like really good players. But we don't know who they are, right? I think I think that so I think that's the the dominant thing, and, and maybe I'm saying the same to you said, Hayes. The dominant thing the tour has is people know it be people know the players on it because they're on the tour. I mean, again, I I I because if you if you make a list of guys, there are some known there's are there are names we know now. I mean, we do know Patrick Reed's name. We know Bryson DeChambeau's name. We know Brooks Kepka's name. Obviously, we know Mickles' name. Is Bubba Watson over there? Yes. Bubba Watson, we know his name. So there's a lot of names there. But I, my sense is we'll know their names less now. Now, that's my point. We'll know their names less now. And, I mean, yeah, Cameron, like Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith, right, exactly. Yeah. We don't, but I think we'll know less about Cameron Smith. We'll, hear, we'll follow him less. Now, most, a, lot, a lot of people follow just the majors anyway, and they're still in that. But no, I, I I don't sense. I felt like it was more of a threat a year ago than I do now. I guess that's the point. They spent their words. This isn't a guess. Liv concedes that they spent about seven hundred eighty-four million in the first season of Liv. Wow, they spent almost a billion dollars and got nothing back. Wow. I'm sorry. I don't care how rich these people are. Right. You just aren't going to do that for 10 years. You're just not. It just yeah. isn't going to happen. I guess. Interesting stuff. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, though, can I tell you what I need from you? Sure. I need to know what the plan is going to be. You said you have a plan. I do. I want to hear I want to hear the plan. And I may approve it. I might approve it right now. I might approve yeah. it as soon as I've got back. two plans for you. I'm going to okay. give you a plan, right. and then if you like it, I won't even go to the second. Okay. How about that? We're, we're trying to – someone's wearing an L hat next week. Someone's popping that hat on next. It's getting week. getting really close. I mean, um, what about the L hat? I know it well, <laughs> and it's hideous, and I really hope it's not me. We'll take a break. Uh, one more segment left with Lauren. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Have you heard about the lonesome loser beaten by the queen of hearts every time? Have you heard about the lonesome loser It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. When it comes to Nimnik, Frank, you recently got a newer vehicle. I got a, I got a maroon, kind of a crimson. Uh, 2022 GMC Sierra, it's sweet. 2022? Yeah, yeah. Very new. Very nice, yeah, very nice. Love it, love it. It, it flies, too. All right. Beautiful, beautiful truck. Good stuff. Love it. One thing that Hayes has been working on, I guess in the lab separately from you, you guys were supposed yeah, to get in the yeah, lab together, yeah, I, but Hayes well, now has plans on his own. Well, this, so I never thought this happened. I, I didn't have my access card. 
Um, he was in. I could see him in the I glass. I thought you were supposed to use fingerprints or eyes. No, it's a card. It, we're not that. We're not that <laughs> advanced. And I was. I could see him through the through the glass. And I was knocking on it like, but he never saw me or act like he didn't. But yeah, it's smoking stuff coming out of like the the, the lab stuff. And it's all. loud in there. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. And so maybe that's what happened. So. And I'm like, you know, DiMaggio was when he's hitting. When yeah. I'm in the lab. I'm so locked, locked in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just I'd hear nothing else. So just so you, in case you wonder what we're talking about, loser money comes down to this. This is overtime. Uh, it's down to Gibby and Lauren. They both lost five times. Uh, over the course of, we have 15 events. They lost uh, 10 between them. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> they both lost uh, five times. Uh, Hayes lost twice. I lost twice. Reimer lost once. So we have a playoff. And uh, the loser of now, this. Now, Reimer's lost, what, once out of five times? Yeah. So 20% for him. Good point. Well, once good, in like five years. I'm glad you said that, though. Good point. <laughs> uh, so, Hayes, how do we decide this between Lauren and Gibby? They're the only two in it. Correct. So how do we do it? So this is what I would suggest. And I'm open for yeah. debate. Yeah. I would take... Seven prop bets okay. that are all geared around player performance and have them go basically have Gibby start and give him an over-under and have him have to go over-under okay. and then it moves to Lauren. Because what it's going to ensure is that we're going to have a winner that okay. night. All right. So the over-unders, I would suggest, is the point total for the game, 50 okay. and a half. I love this. Okay, so that would be one. Uh, okay. So the over-under is 50 and a half. We'll go with that. Uh, let's go quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes over-under passing yards is 295 and a half. Okay, hang on, let's start again. So I'm going to write these down. What's okay. the first one? Total points. Total points, 50 and a half. Total points. Okay. Then our next one is Patrick Mahomes. Right. Passing yards, 295 and a half. 295.5. Are we switching off and on yeah, as to who goes that's first? That's what I'm assuming. Correct. Right. Okay. okay. So Gibby goes first, then me. Got it. Got it. Got it. Give me another one. Then Mahomes passing touchdowns, two and a half. Okay, 2.5. Got it. Okay, Jalen Hurts, same two categories. Passing yards for Jalen Hurts is 237 and a half. Okay. Passing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, one and a half. And again, just passing touchdowns. Okay. And then our two others are Travis Kelsey receiving yards. The over-under is 81 and a half. Okay, 81, got it. And A.J. Brown, the Eagles receiver, 72 and a half receiving yards. I love it. I, I think that – how many did you say? There's That's seven. So well, – what, no, what is Brown's yards? Oh, 72 and a half. You guys comfortable with that? Whatever you guys want. Give yeah, you like it? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah Super Bowl related. Yeah, it's all Super Bowl. And there's one, two, three, four, five, seven. So they alternate. Correct. And so if somebody gets to pick four, somebody gets to pick three. That's right. Yeah. So uh, do do we flip, do we coin flip that? We can coin flip that. Yeah, so that that, 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 that we in there. I you just go. don't have a coin. Yeah. Okay. We we will do it. We'll do <laughs> yes. it later in the week. We, <laughs> we we don't have to do it just yet. Um. So so there you go. There you go. How about that? It seems like based off of the Super Bowl prop bets. The prop bet people think that the Chiefs would win just based off of those over-unders that you're giving me as far as Mahomes having more yards as far as his over-under. Same with the touchdowns and things like that. Same with Kelsey versus A.J. Brown. Agree the rushing yardage skews towards Philly. Okay, so and yeah. We could, and I wondered, but I didn't yeah. think you guys would get excited about, like, Miles Sanders yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, McKinnon. Just so I know, what was your other idea? Than, so I figured. Yeah. What was your other idea? Just to use. The other idea is complete chaos, which okay. is. Well, I don't want chaos. They draft, <laughs> they draft five players each, 
And whoever scores last wins the bet. Yeah, I like this better. Yeah, I do. This, so. I like this one better. So, so, so they, all right, so here we go. So prop bets, they take whoever whoever wins the toss goes. I would first. not be able to enjoy the Super Bowl whatsoever with that second. Yeah, bet. yeah. Well, the second one guarantees that you have to watch. It can't. You know what I mean? Like, well, sure. Like there's a chance with this. I, although I think this is going to keep us pretty entertained throughout. Yeah. There's a chance with this that somebody could get to four fairly quickly, perhaps. Um, if you were to do the the whoever scores like you literally have to watch the whole game because you could it, but it's Which unfair anyway. because like you could have let's say you guys drafted five players well you could draft five that scored 85 percent of the points right. in the game gibby might have only one score but if his score is the last score right he wins the bet so that one's diabolical. It's absolutely diabolical. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time it was, well, how can we keep the bet going? Sure. That makes sense. For as for long as, yeah. you know, the game will go. But I think this will do it. Cause again, a lot of these over-unders, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's some of these like Jalen Hurts could throw two touchdowns in the first quarter. Okay. Whoever, you know, will have a winner for that particular mm-hmm. one of that seven. And obviously whoever gets to four first is going to win the bet. I like it. I like it. You nervous? You ready? I'm not ready, but we're not doing it today, okay. so it's fine. Okay. I mean, not that you have. There's no research that you have to do. You just have to yeah. go with your gut yeah. feeling. You know what I love about this? I don't have to. I don't have to get any of them right. So I'm just gonna have a blast with this. Gibby, you nervous? You count confident? What's your level of confidence here? Um, a little bit of nervous because I've never worn the L. Yeah. Never worn you, the hat. You've never worn the hat, Gibby. I mean, you have never so, worn it. You've never put it on. You've, you probably never even. Have you even handled it, Gibby? I've you never, never seen it, it actually. <laughs> <laughs> so let me. I don't ask, even know what it looks let like. Let me ask you guys this. Okay. I love this. Should if we're if it let's say I agree. I think coin flips best. Yeah. So we're gonna flip a coin. Yeah. Somebody's gonna win the toss and go first and get to go first. Can they be able to pick their over under that they want to start with, and then the next person can pick whichever? You're the czar of this. You have to decide. I that. think that's more strategic. Because okay. some of these, I at least for me, some of these suit my eye more than others. So whoever wins. So instead of just being told, like, or, if you win the coin toss, but how, it's not just us saying, okay, over, under, 15 and a half, what do you think? But I, I think you that, could legit, you could look at all seven and say, the one that I like the best is Here's why I don't like it. Because okay. that puts too much on the coin toss. We want this to be skill. I'd almost go the other way. If you win, if you get the ball, the other guy gets to determine which way you go. I would almost say, whoever wins the coin toss, the other person picks first. The other person says how we start. Do you know what I mean? I but then what's the benefit of winning the toss? Well, you get four picks instead of three. Oh, I got what you're saying. Yeah. I call heads. Okay. <laughs> you see what I mean? You, you, whoever Tails wins, never fails. Whoever wins coin toss, you get to pick four out of the seven, right? Because they'll pick two and three is what you're thinking? No. They, they, they get the higher number. Because there's the seven of number. these. Whoever yeah. wins the coin toss gets four. The other team gets three. This is when they start looking at me like yeah. I'm the biggest moron yeah. on the planet. Yeah. See, there's Just seven. so we're all clear. There's seven. And they're probably <laughs> okay. not wrong. If you pick first, okay. you then get four. And the other yes. person gets to pick three. Right. So that's your advantage. That you, right. You get to pick more. That's what I'm saying. So if you win the toss, you get to pick your which of the seven props you want. He's no? Having, no, no. Okay. So bowls is a, it's accredited, right? I, it, okay, I, it was. Okay. okay. So if you if you win Until the coin this toss, conversation if you win happened. the coin toss, you have the advantage because you get to pick four, and the other person only gets to pick three. Right. Okay. So stop. You okay. Got that. I got so you. Then the so other person. the other person then gets to decide what what we start with. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Cool. I'm with you now. Just okay. tell me when I'm on the clock. Okay. I will. Okay. Yeah, so again, I, get I assume it. Friday. I get, I tell, I, I'm just telling you, I, I'm 
if I had a, if I had a, a grandkid right now, I'd, 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 I don't think bowls would be the answer. I'd, 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 hey, can we get a Piscopal on the line, Bishop Kenny? How about Trinity? Trinity, you guys got a phone? I mean, just saying. I mean, I've got my shoes off here, <laughs> counting my toes, trying to figure so, out what so we're So whoever doing wins here. the coin toss gets the advantage because they get to do more picking. And the other person gets to say what the first one is. Okay, so there we okay. go. And we just have to have a coin by Friday. Yeah, I get, I, you know what? I can't do a lot, but I'll provide the coin. I'll provide the coin. So there you go. I love it. So that, By the way, I'd love to stick up for Bishop Kinney, but considering I'm in loser Monday overtime yeah, yeah. and I've worn the hat twice, I may not be the best representative. Of what, my we're saying is, uh, what we're saying is Inglewood and, and Murphy High are the yeah. two where we should have I'm gone. still not 100% sure I understand how it's going to go. <laughs> so let's say Lauren wins the toss. Right. Then okay. Gibby picks. So the then first Gibby starts us under. off by saying, I want. Yes. But then how does her fourth pick come into play? No, no listen. Listen. G- Lauren wins the toss. So she gets yes. so she gets to pick first. But Gibby decides what contest goes first. Which over and under we use start with. And then we then the rest of them we just we just pick the rest of them. So Gibby is selecting what she's going to pick first. Yes. Then what's the advantage in her winning the coin toss? Because she gets four picks and he only gets three. But she he's picked go, hers. No, no. So then wouldn't he no, have no, no, the no. advantage? No, no, no. He <laughs> picks – no, right, let me let me walk you through this. Okay, again. again I swear really am not okay. getting the mechanics okay. And this is his all. game, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I am so calling bowls. But anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. Once Lauren wins a coin toss, yes. she gets to pick four. He only gets to pick three. Okay? Because okay. there's seven total. Four right. plus three is seven. Yes. Okay. Then Gibby gets to say, okay – we're starting with Mahomes' passing yards. But she has to pick it. Yes. But he gets to say which one she starts so with. So there's no advantage for him getting to pick which one we start with if I'm the one who selects the over-under. So what's the benefit in winning the coin toss? Well, Be- no, because you get four of them. You get, four, you get to pick four times. And- I guess I'll just find out on Friday <laughs> how this works. Same here. Yeah. You get to pick four times, okay? <laughs> I personally, I don't know about you, Gibby. I don't care if yeah. we pick. No, I don't either. Or if it's just an order. Okay, to me, okay. that doesn't matter. Then we'll just keep. We'll, we'll just keep the order he said. Total points: Mahomes passing, Mahomes TDs, Hertz yards, Hertz TDs, Kelsey receiving, Brown. Well, that'll be the order. Okay. And then whoever pick, whoever wins the coin toss starts gets to pick the total points. That, do you, Do you understand that? I'm trying. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> That was a tremendous moment right there. So there you go. So that is our that's our in the loser, whoever gets the fewest right, gets to gets to wear the hat. And mm-hmm. that, and and do I don't we don't you don't have to get you don't have to get lunch though cuz you you don't have to get lunch if it's all four of them. That's yeah, what yeah. I figured. It's yeah, no yeah. lunch. Yeah, there's no lunch. It's just a, it's, it's just the it's, it's no just, lunch for you. Just just the hat. That's exactly right. You've you've bought us plenty of lunch. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, we, we have. have. And, and and maybe to and to celebrate, I think one day we'll all go to Bonos and I'll buy. How about that? Okay, oh, sounds great. If you lose the coin toss. Yeah, if I- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is a, that is that, that was Pays a fantastic up. moment of radio. Is what that was. All right, what's coming up on Hamilton Hills? You guys uh, bringing the heat or no? Yeah, of course. We're going to talk all about Super Bowl and how these teams match up. Also, I went through and kind of worked out the moves that the Chiefs made and the moves that the Eagles made in order to get them to this point. So I want to take a look at that from a Jaguars perspective. How do the Jaguars kind of make those types of moves in order for the Jaguars to get to the Super Bowl next year? Yeah. I, I you didn't listen to a word I said. Yeah, no, 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 I was until <laughs> until Alan Verlander sent me a text that said, tell Hayes it must be both thing because I don't understand it either, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, so thank you, Alan, for that. Alan got me cracking up, so uh, there you go. Is Mia going to do a Springsteen breakdown? 
Yes, of course that's in there. Yes. Okay, so there you go. Mia was also at the Springsteen concert. So there you go. And I went to an equally lauded show and popular yeah, show. You, so you I'll did. break that down. As Warren well. Beatty. How was the Warren Beatty show? It was it good? Fantastic. Warren Zevon. What would yeah. Warren play? A lot of music that you don't know, but it was okay. all really good. Okay. So he played all originals, and the place was sold out, and it was rocking. It was fantastic. Awesome. How, how many? By the way, how many people does that hold? That's a good question. I would imagine. I've not been there. The Ponte Vedra oh, concert. Oh, it's all. so great. Is it good? So great. So you're it's much close. You're much closer to the artist. Imagine Freebird without the upstairs is kind of how I would describe it. Okay. Very intimate venue, uh, and then they've got a couple bars on the side and a bar outside. But everybody's kind of tightly yeah, knit, yeah. packed in there together, and uh, a it's, thousand. It's so great. I would guess here. I'll look it up while we're chatting. But I would guess that it would be at most like two thousand. Because the parking lot goes from A1A all the way back. It was an old church, and so the parking lot goes all the way back there, and the parking lot was completely full okay. with, of course, pickup trucks because it was a country artist. Okay. Well, I hope so. Mm-hmm. hope so. Anybody drink any beer? Yes. Uh, 900 people standing only, okay. so yeah. Okay, so there you go. Very good. So is it Warren? Who, I, it's not Warren, Warren Zevon or Warren Beatty. It was Warren, Warren Morris. Ziders. Warren Ziders. Yes. Warren Ziders. So there you go. Okay, perfect. Good stuff. All right. Enjoy your hour off. Thank you. Lauren has Helmets and Heels coming up in a bit. Hayes, uh, Gibby, and I back for the final hour. Stay with us. All right. Lauren has gone to do um, Helmets and Heels. She's got an hour off. I'll do the last half hour of the show by myself because that's when Hayes' math tutoring <laughs> class comes about. <laughs> We're bringing in the math tutors. <laughs> Good. JU and UNF are both sending one over. We didn't think one was enough. Love it. So there is that. Oh, my goodness. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us. Uh, Helmets and Heels comes up at uh, at 6 o'clock. Uh, Frangi, Carline, and Gibson with you as we work our way uh, forward. Uh, so, I'll, Gibby, I wanted to get to this earlier. Um, SEC Baseball has come up with a 10-run rule uh, for conference games. Somebody's up 10 after 7, the game's over, right? Is that, the, is that yep. the rule? That's that's the word, yes. Should there be mercy rules in every sport, every time, every place? What do you think about mercy rules? Do you like them or don't like them? I like them in a uh, prep level, right? prep environment. I, I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, at the collegiate level, I think it's fine if, uh, if the coach you know, wants to go and, and offer it to uh, the coach that's, that's winning big, uh, then that's fine. But uh, I hate it at the professional level. I mean, I, I think it, it's ridiculous. Well, here's my my concern about it. Give me weigh in on this. You're the okay. baseball guy, as I am, and, and and the mercy rule would be when you're up how many? I think ten runs ten after more. seven. Ten or which more, which is by seven. more than nine. Yes. <laughs> well, again, again, the tutor's on their way. I just got a text. Okay, the tutor just texted me. Heard you say that. Tell them. Tell him very good, Hayes. Okay, very good. So, that was tremendous. Here, you know, the worst thing in sports, other than Hayes's math. But but I'm, the worst thing in sports for me, for professional sports, is position players pitching. And Gibby, how often nowadays do we see that? that I mean, more than ever, right? More than more, ever. More yeah. than ever. Yeah. It's thirteen to two in the sixth inning, and the pitcher, the manager, didn't want to blow his arms because everybody in the bullpen throws a hundred thousand miles an hour. So we're going to bring in the the backup shortstop, and he's going. It's the worst thing in sports. He's going to throw sixty. Yeah, yeah. It's it's horrible, and so is is. Anything we could do to get rid of that, I would do to get rid of it. Now, the bad thing is fans pay a lot of money to see no nine innings. You can't send them home. with Where fans is what messes this up. Fans and professionals, to your point, I I think is where you're going with this. Fans pay a lot of money to to watch those nine innings. But are they really watching nine innings if the backup catcher's in there lobbing the ball over the plate? I, Gibby, I think it's the I think the worst thing, and not not I say the worst thing. It's not dangerous, 
But the biggest clown act in sports for me is when the backup catcher comes in and throws a couple innings. Don't you think that? Yeah, it's uh, and it's gotten to, like you said, it's gotten to be more commonplace than, than ever. And I think the reasoning behind it I get, because you like you said, you don't want to blow out your arms uh, in a game that's 16-2. to two. Uh, but then again, like you said, if you're going to uh, you know, make a game end after seven innings when a fan pays for nine, then that's the fan's not going to like that. Yeah, but I mean, but I also don't think the fan likes it when the backup catcher is lobbing the ball over and it becomes home run derby. So Some might find it amusing. Yeah, though. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get your point. But, yeah. but I, I would have mercy rules in sports. I, I, I think the, the beauty of sports is when the game's competitive. And I don't think – and at the prep level – I'm glad there's a running clock. High schools, when is that? When, what starts that? It used to be like, I want to say 35 points. I don't know what it is. Gibby probably have a Yeah, I think idea. it's, I don't think they've changed it. Um, I think it's 35 after half, maybe. Yeah. Is that I, what it is? I think so, so. So if a team's up by 35 points, I didn't know what they half. In the second half. In the second half, half they just run the clock. Yes. No matter what. Correct. But okay. they at least get to the conclusion of the game. Yeah. They just get there much faster. Yeah. Oh, it's in, very fast. In baseball, are you suggesting they just basically stop? After playing? seven innings, yeah. I mean, in high school baseball, any baseball I've ever coached or been around as a kid, there's always been run rules. Yeah, they would stop it after five. Yeah, yeah. After, after in a seven-inning game, you stop it after five. Now, what they're saying in SEC, because they're nine-inning games, stop it after seven. But I think that's a good rule. I, I really do. There's some crazy rule, and, and, and I should know this, but I don't see high school games. Does high school basketball still not have a shot clock? They do not. They don't have a shot clock. How? How in are Florida? We, they don't. How are we in 2023, and high school basketball doesn't have a shot clock? It's bizarre because I I've done many games. I did some in December with with Mia, and it's it's crazy. You look up and you're thinking, how much time is this kid gonna handle the ball? Because they could they could play the Dean Smith four quarter four corners if they wanted to. The whole game. You were probably, I think you you might have still been at the Times Union because I was, I remember I was in young and uh, I think Bishop Kenny beat Nice like nine to eight. There was a game like yeah, there was there, I can remember and it was a big upset. I want to say, I, but yes. they held obviously held, held the, the ball. ball. I can remember game. I don't remember who it was, but I remember games like that. It, whether it was that one or not, I, that one might have been after. I was but going for the it page. ended up being like a huge. I remember it was oh, a yeah. huge headline right. on the front of the sports page. Which for it's tough to do yeah. in the news. I mean, to rip up your front over right. something that happened, you know, in in a, in a high school sport that you're not expecting, it's tough to do. And it, I remember it was an eye popping headline, right? And I think it was simply like it it was like the like nine eight, like it it was unbelievable. But um, and again, a big upset. Joe, so. Joe Pichardo might have been the coach at Kenny then. Boy, I don't I don't remember. But it's I mean, I'm this would have literally had to have been. 30 to 35 years ago. Yeah, because I, I will tell you, um, from from my standpoint, I, I, I'm torn on what the coach should do in those settings. Anybody that's followed sports would tell you what the coach should do is do everything he can to win the game, and if the only way to win the game is to hold the ball, then the coach did the right thing, right? But in, 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 in our diehard sports people would argue till they're blue in the face that you could never come blame the coach for doing that. Yet that defeats the purpose of the sport a little bit. I mean, if you hold them up. I mean, and you're right, Gibby. The Phil, we all remember the, the Dean Smith four quarters with Phil Ford just dribbling around and dribbling yeah. and dribbling. It was terrible. It was. I, I think Dean Smith is why we got a shot clock in college basketball. I really do. I agree. Because, because he would just hold the ball in the, you know, you know the four corners. Mm-hmm. Players would go to four, four corners in the front court, and then, and then the point guard would just dribble it around, and he might pass to a guy and he might not. And so 
So I um so I mean that's that's an awful that's a, that's a, just an awful rule. So I mean there's a lot of rules in 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 sports that I would change. I I'm still astounded by that. But back to the back to the mercy rules for a second. Whoever benefits from from and and there's some bad matchups. I've seen it in softball and baseball when schools of kids that don't know how to play softball or baseball are down 35 to nothing. Well, who does that benefit? Why why even play the game? Right? I mean that's my feeling. Well, I think that's a great question because there are certainly we've seen that in high school football yeah, where right. there's matchups where it's like, how did this get scheduled? You know, and, and it's a shame for because it doesn't make the team that, that won big it doesn't make them any better. And certainly the team that, that gets routed, uh, it, it you know, it's it's a ma- it's embarrassing. And, and it's you know, it's there's some adversity is good, but that's the kind of adversity that it probably makes it hard to get to practice the next day. Um, you know, it's, I think at the professional level, you can't have the mercy rule. I think part of going to a game as a fan is you might see something that's out of the ordinary. And, you know, if you see a backup shortstop come in and give up four gopher balls, that's something that you're going to tell your buddies about. And, you know, it's probably going to be one of the more memorable games that you've seen and, and not from a drama standpoint, but just, you know, sometimes there is a, a unique factor to a game. So I think at the professional level, again, with the money that they're spending to get in, I think you've got to give them that full nine innings, no matter how bad it gets. And look, if they if they don't like the utility player coming in to pitch, they can leave the stadium. Uh, certainly the consumer on TV can turn it off and move on to something else. But I, I just don't think you can just – in a major league baseball game say, okay, the Rangers are up 15 to two on the Rockies and the game is over. You almost wonder Gibby is more, I think, cause, cause this has gone to that topic. I almost wonder if in major league baseball, there should be a one, a one pitcher taxi squad that a, a single a guy maybe, right. Or a journeyman mm-hmm. guy that pretty much knows he's not throwing unless it's that game. Yeah. Don't you think? Just, just one guy. How often do you think these games happen? It seems like to me, for a while, the la- in recent years, there's been one every couple of weeks. Do you, am I? Is it? Is it not that like many? how? Like Gibby, how many times would you say the Braves did this last year? Um, not it, not very often. I feel like maybe it happened maybe twice. Yeah, the, okay. maybe. The pi- how the, many times do you think the Pirates did it? Three or four. Okay, three so four. once out of every forty games. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to even remember who pitched for the Braves yeah. when they brought in a. I want to say three or four, and, and so, but and you're right. But I mean, is there, you're right. That 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 that's not very many to carry a taxi squad guy. But I understand. I right, let me back to the SEC rule. Here's what I will tell you about the SEC rule. I'll tell you this: the both coaches are going to be in favor of it because once the game's decided, no matter who's ahead, neither coach wants to continue to throw his pitchers when the game's been decided. It's not just the losing coach; the winning coach says, "Listen." You, you, you're not coming back on us. Um, so let's both save our arms for tomorrow or next week. So I, I think pitch, baseball, baseball is the one sport where you can, you can only, you can only do so much of what, so much of something before you have to stop football. You might get tired, but you're just running backs aren't on a run count. Basketball players aren't on a shot count. Pitchers are on a pitch count. The reason pitch count is the phrase because it's real. And so, uh, so I, I don't know. I just think it, I think I hate, I hate, hate, hate 
when the backup shortstop comes in to pitch for either team. It, it just it mars the game for me. I can tell you this, Gibby, as a fan, as for me, as a paying fan, I would leave. I mean, I, I would. I, it's not a. It's not a game anymore, is it? Well, the only thing I, I can I can think of to this point, I'm a little surprised they're doing it in conference play, just because the SEC is the most talented conference in the country. When if Tennessee is up ten to nothing on Florida, I feel like Florida can still make it a game because the SEC is has the most talent in the country. Florida yeah. can turn that game in a way that I, I almost wonder if they would do it for non-conference games when Tennessee's playing Austin P and yeah, they're winning point. 26-2. to two. That's a very good Austin point. Austin P's not coming back. Yeah. Florida has a chance to come back that, because they have the best talent. Yeah, it's a really good point. I agree with you and disagree with you. I think most of the time, 10 nothing, they're not coming back. They're, they're, but your point is a very good one. There's a better chance than Austin P coming back from that 26-2, to two, so maybe they should do it in all games. Maybe, maybe that's the answer. Maybe. You know, I will say this about baseball. Um, baseball's going to be different this year. Major League Baseball will be different. Everybody says these rules won't change a whole effect. They won't change the outcome of a lot of games. But I'll bet you it's a different sport. Gibby, I think the shift rule is really going to change. It might not change the outcomes of games, but I'll bet it'll change the feel of the game. Don't you sense that? Yeah, I think so. And I think there's certain players that are really going to benefit from the shift. I mean, I, I think that – Corey Seager, I think I saw the stat the other day on MLB Network. So Corey Seager, the shortstop that got all the money from the Rangers, right. I think he had the most hits taken away last year by the shift. Yeah, and I think he hit maybe he had maybe his career low uh, average. And if if the shift was not in play, he would have hit like two eighty. Yeah, but he hit like you know two fifty or two sixty. Yeah, there's players who will benefit, and there's no question. There's pitchers who will get hurt by it, but. More than that, the feel of the game. And again, Hayes, you don't watch as much baseball as Gibby and I do, but there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than your left-handed batter ropes a single into right field, except for the fact that the second baseman is playing in right field and he picks it up on a hop and throws him out. Gibby, isn't that the most, other than the backup shortstop coming into pitch, isn't that the worst thing? Yeah, and I would think from the player standpoint, they're – pretty ticked about it. You know, the, the guy who is most of the time going to get a base hit on that play that you described, he's out. Yeah, but that, that's what – it's a left-handed batter. Here, The left-handed batter comes up, and the first baseman plays along the line. The second place, second baseman plays in – literally, I don't mean two, two feet off the infield. I mean, he's 20 feet, 15 feet into the outfield, plays right in front of the right fielder. The shortstop plays where the second baseman normally would play, and the third baseman plays over the bag. And people say, why don't you just butt it down the third baseline? Well, number one – it's not that easy. A guy's throwing 98. It's not that, well, I'll just put my bunt down and, and I'll bunt it where I want. It doesn't work like this. This isn't BP. Secondly, the analytics still say you're better off to hack. And for the times you hit one out of the park, even though you might hit ground out the other five times, your team will win more than if you bunt single two or three times. So, so I, I, again, I think it's, a, I think it's an awful thing. Uh, but, I, but I do think the game will change. I, I, I think it will change significantly. So I'm fascinated to go to spring training and just – you know, maybe talk to some of these guys and yep. see what they think about yeah, all the too. changes that are happening because it's going to look different. Yeah, I'm right with you. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Sean Payton. He's in the news. That's next. Stay with us. Randy Carlion, Andrew Gibson, Math Tutors all here with you in the afternoon. Oh, good. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. This guy was a Super Bowl performer a couple of years ago. Halftime. That's right. Who is this? Bruno Mars. 
Oh, I remember that. I remember. I didn't know that's who it was, but I remember that. I know like one song by him. So that's all I got. Mm-hmm. That was a good show. I can't remember what yeah, Super Bowl it was. It was. was it Jerry? I know it was at Jerry's for it. That I do remember. Isn't it Rihanna this year? It is. How about that? Um, how's Sean Payton going to do next year? How good will the Denver Broncos be? Denver Broncos who return most of a really good defense, right? Yeah. How will they be? How what will they be like next year in the 2023 football season? I'll say slightly improved, uh, but that's not saying much. They were five and twelve. I'll say they come in at without looking at the opponents, seven and nine because of because of Russell Wilson, or they don't have enough good players, or a, a little bit of all. Yeah, I I don't think he's gonna. I I think Sean Payton's gonna regret this move, and I don't think he's gonna save Russell Wilson enough. And and look, I mean, it, there there's other issues with. Denver. Javante Williams is coming off a substantial injury, so you worry about the ground game. Uh, you know, I, I think Sean Payton is an excellent coach, uh, but you know, can we see it? Can he can he duplicate it without having Drew Brees? And and that's what we just don't know yet. I mean, it's the same criticism that Bill Belichick faces is well, he hasn't won anything of consequence without Tom Brady. And so I, I, I think in time, Denver can find something with Sean Payton. Uh, but I, I've, I think they're at best the third best team in the AFC West, uh, light years behind the Chiefs, I think considerably behind the Chargers. So I'll say better, but not a tournament team. I don't agree. I think they're going to be better. But again, I, I'm – I'm not convinced that Russell Wilson won't. won't it, there's not something left. I don't know that he's as good as I thought he was. Was, but I'm. I'm. I also think Judy and Sutton are they both under contract? Uh, they Judy might get traded. Sutton's under contract. But they're both under contract. They are both under currently under contract. Because I think they're pretty good. I think. I, I mean, that's. I think that's a a pretty good tandem of guys. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think they might be again. There, there's not. And I think. And a lot of it's how their defense and how many of those guys are back. I mean, do, do, do they do they lose anybody of significance defensively? I don't think so. I mean, I do think that they are going to return the bulk of the club. The question is just is how good is the club? And, and again, where will Russell Wilson be uh, with Sean Payton's teachings? I mean, if he's, if he's able to turn Russell Wilson around – then obviously Denver can be what a lot of us thought they would be going into this year, which is an absolute playoff contender. But right. there's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. I mean, Russell Wilson to throw 16 touchdowns and 11 picks in this day and age, uh, and complete 60% of your passes. I mean that that screams that it's a massively declining skill set. Here's what I'll tell you about that. The best way, barring injury. At the end of next year, we will know whether Russell Wilson's guiding left. Okay. He's still just 34. He's, he's 11 years younger than Tom Brady. 11. So, he's – now, that's a bad comparison because everybody's younger than Tom Brady. I get it. Tom Brady's a, a, an UB. Six years younger than Aaron Rodgers. If Sean Payton can't get it out of him, then, he, then, he's, then it's not there. And I think that's in, in fairness to the Bronco. If you're the Broncos – and you're the Walton family, and this is what you inherited. You inherited a deal for Russell Wilson for however many – what's, what's, what's his number? 
Uh, it's uh, it's gross. I yeah. can tell you that. Um, I can. I think we looked at this the other day, and his dead money, if they cut him now, is a hundred and one million. Okay, which so, obviously you wouldn't do. So you so you're no stuck matter. with Russell Wilson. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll have it in a second. I I want to say that it was probably going to be another two years before they could move on. Right. Uh, but if he's absolutely dreadful next year then they may just go ahead and have to to bite the bullet. It's a five-year, $242.5 million contract, 161 of it, uh, of that million is guaranteed. And so, yes, they would take on $107 million in dead money to release him now. Uh, in 2024, after this season, you're taking, boy, $85 million in dead money. Yeah, I think we said that he's okay. definitely there in 23 and 24. So 25 would be the year that uh, Denver could try and get out from under it. They would take on okay. 49.6 million in dead, but that would actually save them uh, about six million on the right. cap. So the point is, he's he, you Russell Wilson's your quarterback for a few years. Okay, that, that that Russell Wilson's pretty much your quarterback. Okay, yeah, that's and again, he's it's not like he he was he was not very good last year, but. It wasn't like okay, he can't get the snap from center. We got to get we got. It, it, it wasn't that. It wasn't like we got to bench him no matter what the cost is. It wasn't that. I mean, it was sixteen and eleven, but it wasn't eleven and sixteen. You're right. In today's NFL, that's not good. But but you got to you don't have, you have no choice but to play him. So if you're the Walton family, you and you have no choice but to play the guy Hayes. Well, what do we do? I'll tell you what we do. We go find the best available quarterback guy out there and somehow get him to come coach our team. That's what you do. I mean, that's. The uh, that that's why I have a hard time believing that and and not that D'Amico Rides isn't going to be a good coach. I think he's a very good. I think D'Amico Rides is a great hire for the Texans, but that's why I have a hard time believing that the Broncos settled for Sean Payton when D'Amico Rides wouldn't take the job again. I think D'Amico Rides is going to be good, but I in my mind, if you got Russ Wilson and you have no choice but to have him. And obviously, he has been a very talented quarterback in his career. We've all seen that. And he's only 34 years old. Who's the best Who's the best doctor you can bring in to diagnose this thing and to cure it? Because you're betting on – again, you have no choice monetarily than, than to play Russell Wilson. So who's the best guy to go in there and say – that, that's kind of my point. I, I, that's an intriguing one for me. I, I No, they're not the Chiefs. I don't know how good I think the Chargers are. I – I think the Chargers fail. The fail when it matters most, almost always. They blew a 27-point lead here. We just talked about earlier the words out that they're not bringing back Keenan Allen, who's a really good player, and Gerald Everett, who's an emerging player. I don't know. You know, I if they get it going at all, I, I'm not convinced they can't beat the. They can't be better than the Chargers. No one's catching the Chiefs. I I, I think it might be better than you think. They could be, and uh, it certainly is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be one of the the really uh, entertaining storylines early in the year is what Sean Payton can do with Denver. Uh, in looking at their slate, they play the AFC East, which I would say is not overly daunting. Uh, it's not great. They play the NFC North, which could end up being a really bad division if uh, Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers. Uh, now, granted – the you know their division rivals also play this these exact same opponents uh but it's interesting and and then outside in terms of because Denver finished last 
they play Cleveland, Houston, and Washington uh, in terms of the rotation. So, yeah, the slate isn't all that bad, I would say, for Denver. Um, it's it's maybe maybe they can be a little closer uh, to 500 than I think, but I just I just don't see it. I I just don't see Russell Wilson turning into 28 touchdowns and 10 picks with Sean Payton. There's only so yeah. much he can do, right. and I just think Russell Wilson's lost it. All right, go five deep here. Give me off the top of your head. I may get you to seven, but let's start with five deep. No, better yet, let's go seven deep. Give me an AFC power poll starting going into next year. Go, top of your head. I'd say Kansas City, Cincinnati, the Jaguars, the Bills. Okay. Uh, I'd agree with all those. Uh, I'll go Ravens, five. All right, that's five. I'll go Chargers six. Okay. And boy, it's tough until you know some of these quarterbacks. Yeah, I uh, I'll go uh, Steelers seven. Okay. I would suggest, based on your seven and and anybody, that's as close as anybody's seven. I would guess, based on your seven, if Sean Payton can get Russell Wilson better, doesn't have to make him what he was five years ago. If he can improve Russell Wilson, I would suggest that it's conceivable that they could pass any of those teams other than the top four. They're not going to pass the Chiefs. They're not going to pass the Bengals. They're not going to. I would have had the Bills ahead of the Jags probably. They're not going to pass the Jags or the Bills. I would have. I would have probably had Bills Jags in my in, if I'd have done it. Um, I don't think. To, I don't know what the Ravens are going to be. I don't even know if, who their quarterback's going to be. I assume Lamar Jackson's going to be their guy. Yeah, I'm assuming they're tagging yeah. Lamar Jackson. But but in, and if they do, does he stay yeah. healthy? Yeah. Uh, you got the Chargers next. Like I told you, the Chargers. Nobody disappoints more than the Chargers when the when the when money's on the line. And you had the Steelers after that. I don't know if the Steelers are going to be very good. I think Mike Tomlin was a good coach. I think the quarterback's ordinary. I think they found their quarterback of the future, and I think he's ordinary. I may, I may be wrong, but I think he's. I think. I think Kenny Pickett's ordinary. So, my point about the Broncos after the first, no one's catching the Chiefs. The Bengals are the team that would catch them if anybody did. I haven't given up on the Bills. I just think the Bengals are playing at a great level, and I think the Jags are legit. So those five teams, those those four, te- other than those four teams, I'm not convinced the Broncos. If Sean Payton is as good as I think he is, and if there's anything left with Russell Wilson, can't be the fifth best team in the conference. Now that doesn't mean they're going to be, but I, I would not be surprised. I just I just sense that the uh, uh, it, and I, I think he's a really good coach. I mean I, I think he's I think he did more. I Bill Belichick had Brady, Payton had Breeze. Let me be clear about something: Breeze ain't Brady. As good as Drew Breeze is, he's not Tom Brady. He's not. It's not like they. Well, they both had a guy the same. I. I don't think that. So. So we'll see. Right, let's take a break. We got one segment to go. We'll wrap it up. Then turn it over to the ladies from Helmets and Heels right after this. You're it's Tennessee whiskey. You're Trying to get the connection, Gib. Oh. He's singing the anthem. Yes, he is. Oh, Stapleton's at the I didn't even know that. Stapleton's got oh, the anthem. How about that? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'll be a fantastic anthem. I didn't know that. Learn it all the time. Hang around, you guys. I'll learn all the time. That's right. Even uh, uh, math. 
<laughs> uh, that is exactly right. Uh, another look at our uh, your closing arguments NFL related, right? It is. Here comes my guy, Hayes Carline. All rise. Now, Hayes Carline's closing argument. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Presented by the personal injury law firm of Harrell and Harrell. Order. So Aaron Rodgers continues to be perhaps the craziest athlete that we have. Certainly a great player, but uh, um, the eccentric Rodgers uh, took it to another level today on the Pat McAfee show saying that in determining his future in terms of retirement, that he is going to take a darkness retreat for four days and four nights. Uh, Frank, I don't know if you're familiar with the darkness retreat. Aaron Rodgers is going to basically uh, be alone in a small house at an undisclosed location in complete darkness for four days and four nights with just his thoughts, and that peace will bring him his decision. So at 39 years old, we await Aaron Rodgers' decision coming out of his darkness retreat. I got to say, this is one of the uh, more peculiar stories that I have seen. Wow. Yeah. But then again, nothing with Aaron Rodgers really surprises, does it? But this is like... Is that really really what the darkness retreat is? That's really what it is. He said, his quote is, it's just sitting in isolation, meditation, dealing with your thoughts. It stimulates uh, psychedelic drugs, even though he says he doesn't take them. Uh, But he says it stimulates the kind of feeling so that there can be some hallucinations in there, but it's just kind of sitting in silence, which most of us never do. We rarely even turn off our phone or put blinds down to sleep in darkness. I'm really looking forward to it, Rogers concluded. It's really weird. I mean, I and mean, the sad thing is there's teams out there that are like really praying right. that he gets traded to their team. But at 39 years old, uh, I mean, he, it, it's, it, it, I think when the end comes for Aaron Rodgers, and we'll see, he might come out of this darkness retreat and just retire and be done with it. He feels to me like an athlete that the end will not be pretty. He's good now. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers' last year in the NFL was a bad year, particularly if he ends up with the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I don't sense it to be a disaster. But yeah, I, I can again. I remember, I remember Joe Namath with the Rams and Unitas with the Chargers, and it was horrible. It was a horrible. What are you doing? Now remember, back then quarterbacks weren't weren't athletic anyway, and so it was guys who in their heyday couldn't run very fast. Now and not in their heyday, so it looked it looked it looked like Willie Mays striking out and falling down for the New York Mets. But I, I don't know. I, I yeah, we talk about this all the time on the program. I I. I'm trying to envision who's quarterbacking whom next year. I mean, I'm I'm really trying to envision who's quarterbacking the Tennessee Titans next year. Is it Ryan Tannehill at the end of the day? Is it still Ryan Tannehill? I can't imagine. You wouldn't think, but it's not Malik Willis. I, I promise you they're not going to go try and win with Malik Willis, even though he's with Denny now and, he, and, he's, and he's getting better. I don't doubt that. But I can't believe if they wouldn't even put him into a game this year, I can't believe they're gonna they're gonna rebuild with him. I just don't believe it. I don't know who's quarterbacking the Texans. I don't know who's quarterbacking the Panthers. Right now, I don't know, don't know who's quarterbacking the Raiders. Right now, I'm not sure who's quarterbacking the Packers. They're 
maybe it's like this every year, but it doesn't feel like it, does it? I don't know who's quarterbacking the Falcons. I guess maybe it's Desmond Ritter, but I, I mean, I, I mean, I could guess it a bunch. I don't know who's quarterbacking the Commanders. I mean, I, I, if you go through, there's a lot of teams. It's it's incredible, and again, it's why players like Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr are going to get crazy money, crazy money, and it's why there's going to be multiple teams uh, clamoring to to secure their services. And and again, the draft is only going to solve the problem for four teams. Uh, you know, Bryce Young will, whoever takes Bryce Young will say we've we've fixed our problem. Whoever takes Will Levis and C.J. Stroud and and maybe even to a degree Anthony Richardson uh, is going to feel like they have fixed their problem, you know, not just in the future but in the immediate, and uh, and we'll see if they're right. It's uh, it is it's incredible the the lack of uh, supply when it comes to the quarterback position and the incredible demand. I I feel like the position is deeper than we've ever seen it yet. If that's the case, why is half the league no, scrambling no. to find their starter? No, that's right. And it's because of what we talked about last week. There's eight guys that sort of sit at the head table, and if if you don't have one of those eight, and luckily the Jaguars do, um, it's just it's really difficult to exceed the the teams that have those eight uh, with with everything else. Every other position has to be so much better. Uh, to to take down one of those eight on a on a seventeen game schedule, you can beat them on an any given Sunday, but to outlast them over a regular season, it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, so it's it's it, it, I mean it's and I and I if I went right through if I, if we did a a match game and went right through it, I always start with the AFC East. Okay, I think Mac Jones is going to quarterback the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen's quarterbacking the Bills. Correct. Um, the Jets, I don't know. I, I I might guess Aaron Rodgers if you asked me to. If you asked me to guess, I'd probably guess Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. With with the Hackett thing and whatnot. If we got to the Dolphins, I guess it's Tua, right? I think. If you had to guess, okay. If you go to the North, um, Pickett, Deshaun Watson, um, Burrow, obviously, and I would Lamar. I would probably guess Lamar. Yeah. If you go to the South, uh, obviously Trevor. Um, after that, I I couldn't tell you the other three. I I couldn't get I couldn't guess the other three. Bryce, Who's quarterback it, in the Colts? It's Bryce Young, probably C.J. Stroud, yeah. and maybe even a third rookie in there, yeah, depending on what the Titans okay. do. I mean, Tannehill would be interesting. Maybe Tennessee does decide to yeah. to bring him back. Right. Um, it just, it if, just they, if they think they have something in Malik Willis, then you do bring Tannehill back. If you think you've got, if you think you've got something in Willis, then let him, let him, you know play under him or back him up a little bit longer, and then at some point during the year you make the change. Uh, and the Mahomes, Herbert, uh, Russ, and, and – Raiders have no idea. And who knows? You the know, Raiders so, are hoping it's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, if you go to the NFC East, Hurts, Dak, I think Daniel Jones is going to be back, mm-hmm. right? Commanders, I've got no idea. They have no idea who it will be. The South, i got no idea on any of them. I mean, I mean, I mean, real, I mean any of the four. I know none no. of the four. I mean, they're 0 for 4 in terms of me having a good feel for who the quarterback is. The one, whole division. That one's really hard to handicap because other than Carolina, none of them appear able to solve it in the draft. And even yeah. Carolina drafting ninth, yeah. you know, because, again, I just I don't think a general manager, even one that believes in Anthony Richardson enough to take them in the first round, is going to then say, and the plan is for him to be the starter Correct. immediately. Correct. I'd be very surprised if he gets the ball anywhere. Uh, the North, Goff and Fields and Cousins, 
I really don't know the Packers because if it's not Rodgers, who? Is it Love? It's Love. They just play him? They just play him. They just play him. Okay. And in the West, um, I guess Stafford's back. I have no idea in San Francisco. I really have no idea in San Francisco. Is Lance healthy? Is Purdy healthy? Um, they've made it clear they're moving on from Garoppolo, right? Yeah. Uh, Geno Smith, they're going to resign him, right? You would think. You, uh, wh- why would you not resign at this point? And Kyler Murray's not healthy to start the season. So, that, I mean, we just went through 32 teams and about, about honest to God, about 15 questions. It, you realize it, that? We, just, we, had, we had about 15 questions. It, it's, it's incredible. And it really it'll it'll be fascinating to see how how this works its way out. And again, the draft is going to be fascinating to see. Is uh, you know the Jaguars can sort of sit back and and laugh a little bit at uh, the Colts and the Texans and the Titans, and you know is is they hope that they're drafting their version of Trevor. Um, I think the odds are pretty long. I almost think this year. The draft isn't nearly as intriguing as the the trade free agency season, don't you? Yeah, I I, I think this year that's the thing, man. I mean, I, I mean, I think if you think about this, this coming football season, if you start the cars and the Garoppolo's and the Geno Smiths and the Russ Wilsons and the and the quarterbacks, either the ones under contract, not under contract, who? I mean, I, I think it's the most interesting because there's only so many rookies to go around, and I would argue. That Bryce Young, because of his size, Anthony Richardson, because of how raw he is, Levis, because of how average he is, maybe Stroud's the only guy that's big enough and ready enough to go. But he might be the most ready of all of them because Bryce Young, I think, is better. But and I don't know how much bigger you can get. Mm-hmm. But but Stroud might be the most ready of all of them. You think? Maybe I, I just, like Stroud. I think Stroud's a really good player. Yeah, it's just every time I watch Stroud, it seems like he has pretty much all day to throw and you're just not going to have that. I think that was, uh, you know, part of the, um, you know, the misevaluation of, of Haskins is Ohio, at Ohio state, the quarterback has all day cause they're just simply so much better in the trenches than most of the teams that they're going to play. Um, so I, I think all four of them have significant question marks. Um, but we know these GMs and we know GMs that are sitting there in the top 10, you know, that can't solve their problem through free agency or through trade, they're going to draft one and they're going to convince themselves that this is the, this is the player that's going to elevate us. I imagine if Aaron Rodgers retires, I mean, you know, and as Taylor celebrates, um, but I mean, she just, just she cartwheeled yeah, in here. I've never right. seen her cartwheel in the studio I mean, before. But if, if that happens, and again, this four day, four night darkness retreat would suggest that there's a good chance it does then oh, then oh. you're talking about a pool that's already shallow that yeah. becomes almost non-existent. We'll see. Let's, let's uh, say hello to Taylor Dahl. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. I only have one request in the whole world. What is it? Can I hang out with you when you're wearing gas station clothes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you see this I tweet? <laughs> I, I, I laughed for 45 minutes. Let me backtrack to the story. So I know people, some people may call them like your Walmart outfit, or but I say my gas station clothes because it was Saturday. I was getting up to just, I needed literally like a Gatorade and a snack from the gas station. So obviously I don't want to like 
pull out nice things to wear. It was so literally like first pair of leggings I see, first shirt, sweater, whatever shoes. So like nothing matches. It's just all kind of baggy and big. My hair's in like a clip from yeah. like 1993 right. that I just kind yeah. of threw Got up it. on the top of my head. And I-, I tweeted because I was like, I just know one day I'm going to be dressed like this when I finally meet Jay Cutler and it's going to be at a gas station. Um, but I, I think he enjoyed that it was my gas station. Well, that, I mean, I, I got, I get the whole concept. The concept's fantastic. We, we, you look, but I've never heard him called gas station. Have you ever heard the phrase gas not. station clothes? I, I, I fell down. I, I, I dropped my phone as I fell down. Is laughing. that why I did not get a video yeah. from uh, Bruce? A drunken stupor. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I, I didn't get it because. I was prepared. <laughs> I, I I could have given you one. So, but no, I, I, I I've never heard gas station clothes. Well, now that, you now you have it. That'll be my phrase from now on. And my goal in life is just to one day hang out with you when you're wearing gas station <laughs> gas clothes. Station gas clothes. station clothes. Hey. Do you have gas station clothes? I do not. No, That's I mean, fantastic. Now, I I certainly have um sweatpants, sweatshirt, put on a hat. Flip flops, unshaven. Would that be gas station yes. clothes? Okay, yeah. okay. It's just the stuff you throw on like last minute, and you really are kind of as you're doing it, hoping you don't run into anybody who's yeah. like, "Hey, you're Taylor from Ten Ten. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, "Yes, I normally clothes. don't look like this. I promise." I, t- I did. I, I owed you a uh, uh, a picture with of a dr- in a drunken stupor. Yes, I didn't so, get it. I guess we have to go take shots somewhere now. Yeah, we, yeah. We, yes, we do. That's what it was. Yeah, and I never got I never got that deep. Uh huh. I, I I parked the car. Okay. Parked the car. We got there. There we go. That's so a, that's a good start. It was a good start, but we I kind of paced it. Okay. Started early. Mm-hmm. There was some, there was good pacing. In okay. The, now by the time. Well, the you time, also want to enjoy the concert. And I did. Now yeah. now by the, now by the time the concert, it was such a good show. Yes. It was, uh, Taylor it was unbelievable. It was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. So by the time I was walking out of there, I I I was deep, mm-hmm. and I felt like I deserved a nightcap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you of so, course. So the concert ended about eleven fifteen. You would have gotten a good one at about twelve forty-five. That, that would have been a good <laughs> Missed one. Missed it. I, I Next, time. Next time. How you doing? How are you? I'm great. I am great. I uh, we have a lot of stuff, and it's funny because I ha- around this time of year, I always have people texting me. We're like, okay, does you know f- work life slow down a lot once football is coming to an end? And I'm like, no, <laughs> right. it doesn't around here because I don't think we have an off season really here. Mm-hmm. We're straight into now. We're a, a month away from Players Championship Week, right. pretty much. So that starts, and then obviously you have all of the off-season stuff. But we have our first um, our first visit by Emily and Miranda this week from Players Championship to kick right. it all off. So right. I'm super excited because we get to hear all of the n- new restaurants and food and everything, which is my favorite part personally. And for people that don't know, they probably do because they listen to Hamilton Eels. In addition to hosting, you're very involved, Mia, as well in the social team. Mm-hmm. The, 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 Mia certainly manages the digital, the multimedia team. Yeah, but you do a lot of this. I mean, you're you're like charge a lot of the Everywhere. social stuff, right? Yes. So, so I do. I create all of like obviously our graphics and all schedule all of the posting. So for me, as much as like maybe you don't hear me on air as much behind the scenes, I'm very involved in a lot of the things. So for me, this time of year, it gets a little crazy because it's a lot of different things going at one time. How the Bears going to be? They going to be better? Um, I've, I, well, I would feel like you should only go up from here. Uh, but I, I do, I truly believe this last off season was rough for the bears because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace left the bears in a very bad spot. Uh, they had half their roster leaving in free agency. They had $20 million, no first round draft pick, only five total picks when Ryan Poles took over. Um, and Nagy really backtracked Justin Fields in a lot of ways. So, 
I, I think that this season they have money, almost $100 million to spend the first overall pick, eight picks total. Um, now some comfortability and understanding between Eberflus and Ryan Poles and Justin Fields progressed this last season. So I do. I, I'm not expecting a massive jump. I think I'm where where I was last year with the Jags. And with the Jags, I predicted seven wins. So they yeah, we all outperformed yeah. what I thought personally, which is great. But I expect the Bears to have more from that, from a three to a seven, eight win type season. I'm going to give you one wish, okay? Your wish can either be Cubs shock the world, pass the Cardinals and win the division, or Bears shock the world and pass Lions, Vikings, and Packers to win the division next next year. I have to pick the Bears on this one just because, wow. number one, I, I've seen the Cubs win yeah. a World Series, yeah, recently, obviously. Yeah. I've never seen the Bears. I wasn't alive when the Bears won a Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, so – but also hearing you say "pass the Packers," yeah, just that was the one that was my, the, that, that put it over the top. My heart you hate the so Packers warm. more than the Cardinals. It's very, very close. But I think because, uh, like, truly, Aaron Rodgers has made me hate the Packers so much yeah. that maybe if he leaves, it'll lessen a little bit. But the combination of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers has made this extreme dislike. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know if you noticed on these, but but even though Taylor and I root for opposing rivals in the division. Because we both suck. We're kind of partners in this. Okay? <laughs> yeah. We're partners in the sucking. Okay? Yeah. We we're sucking. And we can both hate the Cardinals together. That's exactly so, right. There's right. that. Taylor, thanks. Thank you. Uh, Taylor, Mia, and Lauren, they've got Helmets and Heels. It comes up right now. Folks, that'll do it for our program tomorrow. Live from Island Wing Company over here on the south side, Southside Boulevard. Love to have you come out and hang out with us. We're going to have a big time at Island Wing. That comes up tomorrow right here. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.